106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Dear white liberals, 28% of black Americans aged 18 to 44 years old are vaccinated in New York. Meaning, the vaccine passports deny over 72% of the black community their services. Since you think voter ID is racist, you must surely think that vaccine passports are as well. But you don't. Instead, you want to demonize everyone who refuses the COVID-19 vaccine. So let me tell you exactly why the black community is the most resistant to this vaccine. Let's go back to a time when the government decided that the blacks would be used as guinea pigs without their knowledge. From 1932 to 1972, the government conducted the infamous Tuskegee experiment on black men in an attempt to understand the effects of syphilis. Participants were told that they were being treated for bad blood. We were lied to. From 1965 to 1966, the government conducted experiments on prisoners, the majority of them being black, to understand the effects of Agent Orange. Prisoners were told that this was simply dermatology research. We were lied to. From 1960 to 1971, the government conducted Cold War radiation experiments on poor black cancer patients in an attempt to gain an understanding on how much radiation the human body could take. Patients were told that this would help cure their cancer. Once again, we were lied to. The list of atrocities and deceit goes on. Yet, white liberals seem to think that they know what's best for us. The truth is, black Americans have authority over our own bodies, not you. We're tired of being controlled, manipulated, and lied to. The bottom line is this, we truly won't know the effects of this vaccine for at least a few years. After all that we've been through, we are allowed to be skeptical. So my question to you, white liberals, is why are you applauding forced vaccinations on those who don't trust it, on those who come from a lineage of trauma due to dark history? I thought Black Lives Matter. This message goes out to the people in Australia. My name is Christine Anderson, I'm a member of European Parliament, and I'm answering your SOS call. I will do whatever I can to make it known to the world that your once free and liberal democracy has been transformed into a totalitarian regime, which tramples on human rights, civil liberties, and the rule of law. I'm imploring all of you around the world who still think your governments are looking out for your best interest. At no point in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys. The welfare of humanity has always been the alibi of tyrants. Do you not realize that this vaccine does not protect you from COVID? It does, however, protect you from governmental oppression. For now, that is. But don't think for even a second that this is not going to change tomorrow. I'm a German, and we once asked our grandparents how they could have just stood by in silence, allowing a horrific totalitarian regime to come about. Anyone could have known. All they had to do was open their eyes and take a look. 
the vast majority chose not to. So, what will you tell your grandchildren? Will you tell them you didn't know? Will you tell them you were just following orders? You need to understand, it isn't about breaking the fourth wave. It is all about breaking people. Australia does not need a no-COVID strategy. What Australia needs is a no-oppression strategy. So I stand in support with your fight for freedom and democracy. We need to stop our governments from transforming our free and democratic societies into totalitarian regimes. We need to do it now. We need to stand up now. There are 3.338 million people in San Diego County, 3,811 people who have died with, with COVID. Of those, 96%, 3,652 had comorbidities with hypertension, diabetes, cardiac disease, accounting for the top three. Median age, 77. That is a total fatality rate of 0.1%. 3.338 million people. That is a clear affinity for a specific vulnerable age and health demographic with majority fatalities prior to available treatment options and prevention. 91% of San Diegans, 6069, received the injection. 98%, 7079, received the injection. We remove consent from treating us like we are patients in a hospital ward. We are done. The consent of the govern is removed. Moved. We will not comply. We do not consent. Nathan Fletcher, you are on notice. We will constitutionally remove all petty tyrants you, beginning now. You. Your time is up. Thank you. Next speaker. The FDA absolutely should not approve Merck's brand new experimental COVID pill, Molnupiravir, because the way that this drug works is by encouraging virus mutations. I want to say that again. This drug works by encouraging virus mutations that could very easily result in escape mutations being unleashed out into the world, i.e. a new pandemic. Now proponents are claiming, hey, the benefits outweigh the risks. No, these people are being incredibly self-serving and short-sighted because remember it was not that long ago that they gave us similar reassurances about gain of function research something that may very well have led us into this present pandemic that we're dealing with today. There are already far more effective and available treatments like monoclonal antibodies that don't pose such a risk. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our 141st telecast, broadcast, talk, whatever you want to call it. And it's showing up on December 11th, 2021. So we'll be going here for uh, six segments tonight, six 20-minute talk segments separated by a few minutes of uh, clips 
that I think you'll enjoy. At least I did, and I thought I'd learn something from them. So um, we are No Hostages Radio, but you can there is a website, nohostagesradio.com, where we post all the episodes. But you could, of course, get them on your, te- on your podcast uh, source, whichever one you use. But you can always go to nohostagesradio.com if you want to look up old ones or I don't know what your motives would be, but they're there if you want. Also, there are some articles that I write that are placed over there as well. We do uh, provide a live show on Saturday, each Saturday new, uh, fresh, uh, from 10 to 1 West Coast or Left Coast time. And that's here in California, Northern California, and that's on KMYC 1410 AM. If you're out of state, obviously you can't tap into that. They're still building the website, I understand, so it's not live stream off the website. But you can go to uh, another website called live365.com, live365, just the numbers, Com, and then just click on radio and then put in KMYC and, and whatever's playing at that time of the day will be there. So I'm from 10 to 1 on uh, every Saturday morning. So you can reach me at Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Or you could dial me up, text me, 530 713 one eight three eight. If I get something wrong, or you want to add something, or suggest something, or send me a clip, or some information you think would be interesting on for the show, uh, I really appreciate all the help I get, and always enjoy what you send and email and uh, text and all the all the ways so we can communicate nowadays. Five so five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. So I want to mention. Uh, just to, I'll, I'll, I'm going to add in some of our sponsors. Our sponsors uh, are businesses <clears throat> that are very successful in the area, and and they do a great job. So I'm going to mention a couple each 20-minute uh, segment, so we don't lump them all together, which I normally do. I get carried away. So I want to mention a couple of guys, Will Fanning and J- Josh James, right off uh, with All Power Services. It they do just what. Uh, they say anything that's got power to it, they work on it from a chainsaw to a truck uh, to, you know, sports equipment, uh, tractors, weed eaters, all kinds of stuff. They know how to fix all they they're, they're guys with the gift of fixing. And uh, so if you've got chainsaws or any of that equipment, or you got something in, in your garage that you had and w- was once a real useful piece of equipment that's now not working, haul it over. I even took a uh, pressure washer to them here a while back from the church I go to. So all power services, you can reach them at 530-844-0347. They're at 1469 Stewart Road. You can reach them by email at allpower1469 at gmail.com. All power, one word, all power, 1469 at gmail.com. So the, the cool thing is they get they know how to make stuff. They can fabricate things. They're custom welders. So custom welding fabrication as well as fixing things. And the interesting thing is they don't have yards, huge yard of stuff that they haven't got to yet. They get it done. They get it back to you. So I hear that that's a problem with some fix-it shops. 
So, okay. Uh, also, I want to mention uh, Peachtree Health, uh, which was the big deal about Peachtree Health is Dr. Joe Cassidy. And he and I worked together trying to get addicts off the streets um, and quickly get them into rehabs. The government, which has all the money, uh, is broken and can't get the money very well to the uh, to the addicts. So they live over in the river bottoms. They're all fouled up, and they uh, the government's been responding to uh, addiction uh, and alcoholism uh, like it did 150 years ago, and uh, they're just slow on the draw. So uh, what I'm offering all the or what we're offering all the addicts in the community, if you'll dial up Peachtree Clinic or Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242 and ask for Dr. Cassidy, get an appointment when they say what for, just say addiction. And they should hook you up, hook you up with an appointment. If there's a problem at all, then you could text Dr. Cassidy directly, just say can't get in. 530-682-8648 and just text him because he's a busy boy and uh, I'm not so busy. So you can you can call me or text me at 530-713-1838 and I will fix all things if uh, you seem like you feel like you're falling through the cracks. So if you're really serious about making a change, we're going to help you get there and uh, get there quickly and get the help you need. Dr. Cassidy is a special specialist in addiction as, as well as a general practitioner doc. So he can, <clears throat> what I like is addicts to go in and, and get a good once over, as they say, so they can uh, see if there's some other issues going on in their body while they're trying to address addiction issues. Also want to mention an event coming up. <clears throat> The Sutter Yuba Republican Women's Club, <clears throat> it's been around for years. It's kind of uh, been slowing down some lately, but some people are trying to jack it up, put some new wheels under it, just like they've done over at the Yuba County Republican Central Committee. So they're having a dinner as opposed to a luncheon where a lot of people can come, a dinner on uh, the 15th. Uh, that's, uh, let's see. December 15th, obviously, uh, 6 p.m. It's $25 a piece. It's at 210 Julie Drive. That's the Hillcrest, what we used to call, I don't know, it's still named that Hillcrest Plaza right off Clark, 210 Julie Drive in Yuba City. And uh, it's a Hillcrest catering service inside their building. If you want a ticket, why don't you uh, try something different? They're going to have a short speaker. I'll, I'll mention the speaker in a minute. Why don't you get somebody and go to this and see if we can get some momentum started about finding some good local candidates to run for office, real conservatives, not Republican in name only or otherwise called rhinos. So if you'll call Liz Cervantes for tickets, 632 or 530 area code 632-6195, 632-6195, Liz Cervantes, she'll get you some tickets. The speaker is going to be Joe Hendricks. He's a guy that I supported for superintendent of schools. He kind of jumped late into the race, so he, he didn't uh, he he didn't uh, prevail. Uh, so he at that time he was uh, the principal at Cord or at uh, Nuestra School. So recently I ran into Joe, and he is now the assistant superintendent of schools. So the guy that defeated him in an, in an election um, for superintendent of schools then hired him to be his assistant. 
in Sutter County. So Joe is going to come and speak for just a few minutes, and then they're going to leave about 30 minutes for question and answers on the school systems. Now, if you can't figure out any questions about the school system right now, when when you're thinking about mask mandates in California and, and vaccines, mandated vaccines, and CRT, critical race theory, and all the sexual baloney that's going on being taught, and communism being taught, uh, it should be a really lively discussion. So that's Joe Hendricks is going to speak. So again, December 15th, 6 p.m. dinner, $25 a piece. Tickets are available. Uh, get them ahead of time. Uh, and it's right here down right across from the Catholic Church. St. Isidore's Catholic Church is the plaza. And you go around uh, 210 Julie Drive. Easy parking. Everything's easy. All on the ground floor. You're good. Okay, so got that done, and um, let's see, just a reminder that the Yuba County Republican Central Committee um, and their meeting on 12-16, December 16, uh, let's see, I might have to double check that, that dinner date, but I think it's 12-15. So they're meeting on 1216. They're meeting on the third Tuesday of each month. That doesn't seem right either for some reason. So anyway, it's the third Tuesday of each month. So if that's not the third Tuesday, it then you can uh, move it over to the third Tuesday. So Republican Central Committee of Yuba County, it's growing. And it's at the Hallwood Church at 2825 Highway Highway 20. It's just a few miles east of Marysville. It's right across from Corduas School. And uh, you can get there. They're having a the little social gathering at 630. Then the meeting is starting at 7. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be a committee member, but you could. And you don't have to be on the board, but you could. And so... Um, I'm encouraging you to go and get involved because we're not going to change things around here without uh, you being involved. So, okay, I'm going to give you a number, 530-777-5021. Okay, so I don't know whether you've been listening to the the news. I, I don't listen to the normal news, but whatever news you listen to, whether you've been following, I guess I should say, the Jelaine uh, Maxwell case or the Jesse, uh, what I call Juicy Smollett case. And you remember that was the case in Chicago where uh, he claimed that two Trump um, supporters, white supremacists, attacked him. And uh, hate crime, and the uh, when it began to fall apart, and they realized that it was all a uh, a stage situation and a fraud. So he essentially, it's a crime to stage a hate crime, a fake hate crime. And so the district attorney, if you want to see how much judicial corruption there is nowadays, the attorney, prosecuting attorney, district attorney for Chicago, refused to prosecute him. But eventually they got somebody else to prosecute him, and uh, they found him guilty of five of six charges. The other interesting case is the uh, 
Jelaine Maxwell case. And I don't know whether I have time to look at her father. She's from a, uh, she's among the rich elite of the world. And she connected with a guy uh, romantically and then became kind of a business partner in uh, trans trafficking young, young, very young girls getting and trafficking young girls and grooming them uh, with a guy named Jeffrey Epstein. So there's all kinds of similarities between Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Jelaine's father, Robert Maxwell. Robert Maxwell was sort of a financier. uh, So was Epstein. He was connected to a lot of connected people around the world. He was rumored to be involved in central intelligence. So was Epstein. Uh, He was a wheeler dealer. So was Epstein. He was among the rich and famous. So was Epstein. So really, uh, Jelaine kind of connected to a guy that she liked that reminded her, I think, a lot of her dad. And so Epstein eventually, although people, a lot of people knew what he was doing, high and mighty people in our in our world, the elite, the globalists. Uh, knew he was involved in in this sex trafficking of young girls. Uh, there's black books of his that have been found and have been a number a couple of different black books with uh, names uh, and addresses and phone numbers of people. And uh, the question is, uh, why didn't he get prosecuted or uh, arrested and prosecuted more severely early? He got. He didn't even hardly do any jail time. They gave him house arrest and basically didn't get any punishment at all until the latest incidents. And uh, pe- finally, after years and years and years and years and years, and uh, young women or middle-aged women started to come forward and say, when I was 13, 14, 15, etc., this happened. So all of a sudden, Epstein got arrested, you remember, and they put him in jail and, and uh Somebody killed him in jail, though they they say he hung himself. I don't believe it. I, I don't think anybody believes it. And uh, but they he just knew too much. And when you know too much, uh, you, you think it just, uh, you know, the fact is, it just doesn't happen in the movies. Uh, it happens in real life. If you know too much about sensitive topics and they think you are now a risk, they will you will get eliminated. Think, oh, that's just conspiracy theory, Lou. Actually, uh, I just read a, 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 an article about a woman from Albania that uh, finally immigrated to the United States, and the communists poisoned both of her grandfathers on both sides of the family, maternal and paternal. I've just read her long st- story, great story in the Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H Times. It's a great story uh, about socialism, communism, how oppressive it, uh, it, it, it is, it was. So anyway, I was following this uh, this Epstein situation, and now the Jelaine Maxwell. It's interesting. Have you seen Jelaine Maxwell at all? I don't remember seeing her anywhere since she's been arrested. In other words, I haven't seen a snapshot of her around the jail or being transported to somewhere for health reasons or being transported to the court. Uh, it's all been hidden. So there's... There's been a lot of uh, misinformation about the trial. It's like, that. well, they're keeping all the uh, public out 
that's been one one story, and they're keeping it. Uh, you know how we watch the O.J. Simpson. You know, you watch the Rittenhouse trial, you watch the O.J. Simpson trial, you watch all these trials, which I find interesting. But uh, I didn't realize it till I read this article that in federal court there are actually rules that that the federal court will not allow cameras in the courtroom, though people can come in, reporters can come in. So reporters and some pedestrians, if I can use that term, are coming in. But it's interesting how there's been no media coverage on Jelaine herself. and But it, it's also interesting, like Jelaine, uh, her, uh, Epstein, all these people, real liberal people, Democrat people, all the judges that they're facing, the Epstein judge, the uh, Jelaine judge, very liberal contributors to the Obama campaign. It's interesting also that uh, the prosecutor— in both cases, uh, is Maureen Comey. Does that ring a bell? Uh, she was a big Hillary supporter. Uh, James Comey was the corrupt FBI leader. He actually w- worked for a law firm with Loretta Lynch. You remember the Loretta, the black uh, attorney general, Loretta Lynch, that uh, met with, with Bill Clinton on the runway of an of, of a Air Force or not an Air Force, but an airport. And uh, so Comey had worked with her in a law office. He'd he'd actually was a prosecutor at one time um, uh, for the AG. You know, he was a, uh, what do they call it, Uh, not a county prosecutor, but a United States prosecutor. So now his daughter is, one of his daughters, I think he has three or four daughters and maybe a son. But this daughter, Maureen Comey, is actually one of the three prosecutors on this case. Very interesting on all the connectedness. They, they, uh, I think Comey's brother or something works for the Clinton Foundation. So there's all these connections. Comey, hand, uh, and Comey and Brennan from the uh, CIA actually put together the Russian uh, false and corrupt and misleading. Uh, dossier and investigation of Donald Trump. It was all a sham. Uh, Comey lied all the way through. All his underlings lied all the way through. So we have James Comey. We we have we have uh, Loretta Lynch. We've got Maureen Comey. Uh, we've got. It's interesting that even the the a judge. On one of the, there was more than one Epstein. It was one trial of Epstein personally. Then there was a trial over some misdeeds done with banks, and uh, the judge in that case, Esther Salas, a Democrat, also right before the trial started, some a, a, a FedEx, what looked like a FedEx man, showed up at the door and shot her husband and her s- small son, killed the son critically wounded the husband. Supposedly she was in the basement right before there was going to be a $150 million lawsuit against Dutch Bank or Deutsche Bank. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a minute as we're going to take a break here, which we'll do every 20 minutes. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about uh, Judge Esther Salas's situation, and then we'll talk about the next judge that that's hearing the case right now. Be right back.
Ladies and gentlemen of Australia, my name is Ricardo Bosi and I am the National Leader of Australia One. In the coming days, weeks and months, disturbing rumours concerning the governance of our country will begin to circulate. These rumours will appear to be so incredible, so unlikely and even so ludicrous that the only sensible response would appear to be to dismiss them out of hand. Some of these rumours will, in time, indeed prove to be false. Unfortunately, some will be true and be prima facie evidence of the despicable crimes of treason and sedition and some even morally worse by those at the highest levels of power in Australia. During this time, it is imperative you monitor closely the responses of those who comprise the polity, the judiciary, the bureaucracy, the military, the constabulary, the corporations, the media, academia and religious organisations. The case can already be made that many of these people are already attainted of treason. But if any remain silent in the face of an obvious attack on Australian sovereignty, they will have signed their own death warrants. Remember them. From the Governor-General and State Governors, through Parliament, through all the courts including the High Court, through the Public Service, the Defence Force, the Police Forces, the boardrooms, the unions, the charities, the mainstream media, schools and universities, and finally, even the churches, synagogues, mosques, temples, and lodges. Remember their names and who they are. Remember what they said and what they did not say. Remember what they did and what they did not do. Why and how has it come to this? Simply put, for decades now, we have been deceived by those whom we trusted. Slowly, the truth has been revealed by the tireless efforts of a few, and this has been a most difficult task. Some of you will have heard it said, sometimes you can't tell people, you just have to show them. And to put that in the Australian vernacular, some people just need to piss on the electric fence for themselves. Thankfully, enough of us are now awake to the lies, and our numbers continue to grow faster every day. So what should we do? Firstly, be calm. Know that we can and will win this war. Secondly, be united. No matter how many they send against us, they cannot defeat 25 million Australians who stand together as one. And simply say, in a clear, strong and unconquerable voice, no consent, no consent, no consent. Thirdly, be brave. Some of us might be hurt and some of us might die. But if we truly seek liberty, we must win it for ourselves. Nothing worth winning is won cheaply. Fourthly, be good. We the people must win this war with non-violent, non-cooperation. Because the manner of our victory is of foundational importance to the future of Australia as a nation state. We must win this war with such moral authority that we are able to win the peace that follows. Finally, when all is done, the guilty will be punished. We will deal with the traitors in a lawful manner, which after the reprehensible, coordinated malfeasance and violence that they have visited upon us, that will be more than they deserve. And we will do this because we, 
The common people of Australia are and have always been so much more than the elites. We are better than they are. We have not and we will not sacrifice our decency and our humanity to win this war as they have done. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to enter a period of history without precedent. A war for the world. And we, you and I, are on the front line. Be calm, be united, be brave, and be good. And finally remember that we fight, as G.K. Chesterton wrote, not because we hate what is in front of us, but because we love what is behind us. Thank you. It's okay to be a man. It's not okay. It's necessary. What the hell are we going to do without men? You look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up. These men, they're doing impossible things. They're under the streets, working on the sewers. They're up on the power lines in the storms and the, and the rain. They're keeping this impossible infrastructure functioning. This thing that works in a miraculous manner. They work themselves to death. And often literally. And, and the, the, um, the gratitude for that is sorely lacking, especially among the people who should be most grateful. You see university professors, especially of the social justice bent, who are among the most protected and privileged people that the world has ever produced. They take everything they have for granted, failing to understand entirely that there's a massive infrastructure of unbelievably hardworking, solidly laboring, working-class men breaking themselves in half on a regular basis making sure that everything that always breaks works. And so a little gratitude for that is in order. And it's very useful to tell everyone, not just men, that they have an important role to play, a necessary role, and that if they act properly and honestly and forthrightly, that they can put their lives together and they can help their families and they can make their communities better and that that's not toxic masculinity, that appalling phrase. It's what keeps the world going round. And if we had any sense, we'd understand that. Well, I was talking about Judge Esther Salas, S-A-L-A-S, and when she, right after she was appointed to uh, hear a case involving Jeffrey Epstein, which was uh, the, the U.S. government was suing Dutch Bank, Deutsche Bank, for uh, handling thousands of transactions uh, of Jeffrey Epstein and not properly reporting them. And they were criminal. So uh, she says, Solace, who was a judge of U.S. District Court in Newark, New Jersey, had previously presided over many high-profile cases, including that of, uh, well, I don't need to get into all the details there, but more recently she was appointed to preside over a lawsuit 
brought by Dutch bank investors. And, and earlier this month, New York State financial regulators revealed that Dutch bank had agreed to a $150 million penalty. Listen to that, folks. 150. You think these people aren't controlling all the money in the world? $150 million penalty related to the bank's alleged oversight, alleged uh, poor oversight in dealing with accused child trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, as well as two client banks, uh, Donsky Bank, Estonia and FBME Bank. The regulator said that the German bank failed to monitor account activity conducted on behalf of the registered sex offender. So this is after Jeffrey Epstein was found guilty and uh, he was out on probation, parole, whatever, but he had to register as a sex offender. So there's certain rules that banks are supposed to monitor the account transactions and report them if they see anything funny. So they got taken to the cleaner. So Solace, right before, once she got uh, assigned this case, a FedEx, uh, what a guy dressed like a FedEx person came to the door and immediately shot the son, uh, the father who answered the door, and then the son ran up. I don't know whether they never caught the person, so I don't know whether he was actually going to kill the judge and ended up killing the boy. And uh, uh, so anyway, uh, then it goes on to say that Jelaine Maxwell was arrested on federal charges that she recruited girls as young as 14 years of age for him to abuse. Now, the interesting thing is, that this the the judge of the current case she's she's doing all the right things in in my view uh in following the rules like there's a 1972 the judicial conference of the united states adopted a prohibition against broadcasting televising recording and taking photographs in the courtroom and areas immediately adjacent there too but it's talking about federal court according to the united states court's website electronic media Coverage of criminal proceedings in federal courts has been expressly expressly prohibited under under lists all the stuff right, so people are saying, oh, it's all corrupt. I think it is all corrupt, but it's not corrupt because they can't have cameras in this situation. It is corrupt because of all the people involved. So all the people are the big shot uh, liberals that uh, are all connected. You think, oh, these people, all they know each other, but they're not really connected. No. Judge Obama, or sorry, not Judge Obama, but Obama appointed the current judge, uh, and Biden just promoted her, and I don't know how it's going to affect the trial, but uh, Biden promoted her after Obama appointed her. So the judge is an Obama appointee over Jelaine uh, Maxwell case. The prosecuting attorneys are liberal, very liberal. Uh, the, here's the other interesting thing. Do you remember a guy named Mark Rich? Mark Rich. Remember him? Well, uh, Mark Rich was an international commodities trader, hedge fund manager, financier, businessman, alleged financial criminal. Uh, he founded companies. He was uh, charged and indicted for federal ch on federal charges of tax evasion, wire fraud, racketeering, and making oil deals with Iran during the Iran hostage crisis. So if you're younger, 
you probably don't know about the Iran hostage crisis, but that's when we were uh, we were telling uh, that we were forbidding people, and particularly our own country, anybody in our own country, to buy oil from Iran or stop. We were having embargo against Iran oil. And uh, Mark Rich, who was a commodities trailer, ended up kind of on his own making deals, buying boatloads of oil out of Iran. And he got uh, in trouble for that, but he he stayed away from the United States and nobody ever brought him back. But right before Bill Clinton uh, was set to go out of office, he uh, his wife, uh, Rich's wife, Mark Rich's wife, now ex-wife, Denise Rich, she was a big contributor to Democrats. And Clinton had uh, a guy named Comey, not head of the FBI, but way before that, uh, sort out the pardoning of Mark Rich. So Mark Rich never came back to serve his time. You know, you know how when you get in trouble, you have to pay the ticket. When you get in trouble, uh, you have to go to court. You have to serve time. You have to pay fines. Remember, you know how that's pretty cut and dry. You just got to do it right, or you got to pay an attorney a lot of money. These people walk away from murder, stealing millions of dollars from the taxpayers. Unbelievable, millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? And they just get pardoned if they give enough money to the Democrats. If you give enough money to the right people, uh, you can get. So that's Mark Rich. So Comey was involved in uh, basically getting Hillary Clinton off. Remember the email scam? That would be uh, FBI director. You remember he said we, we couldn't find anything we could really hold her on. Total corruption, right? So now we have Jelaine Maxwell, who's now denying everything, although there's all kinds of books and testimony from victims. It's uh, pretty amazing. And But I think the most amazing thing is a connectedness of all these people, uh, and there's a lot more to it than that. I just uh, I don't have all night to spend on just one topic, but I I will uh, let me just go up here and get get some more highlights for you. You might get a because uh, some people are writing articles like it's all corrupt because they won't let any uh, anybody get in. But you can know, but that's a, you know, you just watch a Rittenhouse trial, right? Which was a local, I think that's a superior court. So this uh, one person says uh, the ex, now I don't even know who this person is. Ex, the ex Reddit CEO, you know, Reddit, it's a, uh, uh, a big website on uh, Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, ex Reddit CEO, commented on Jelaine Maxwell. He said, we knew all about her supplying children for sex. You know, somehow I just know that's true, that all these big people knew that they, you know, in other words, if, if I go as an adult male and have sex with it and a really old adult male, and I go out and, and pick up a 13, 14 year old girl and have sex with her, I'm in deep trouble. And I should be, uh, I would be in deep trouble and really should be and probably go to jail, right? Or prison for, for a time. Are you with me? But if you're wealthy in this country, there's two judicial systems. If you're wealthy, you do not, you don't operate by the same laws. 
and having sex with children, whether it's male or female. So if it's a male having sex with a male or a male having sex with a female, or it probably could go the other way as well. It's okay. It's okay. So Harvey Milk, who had sex, he actually uh, was written in a book uh, by uh, Randy Schiltz, who wrote for the San Francisco Chronicle, wrote a book called The Mayor of uh, Castro Street, or Castro Street Mayor. And that's Harvey Milk. And he wrote all about his life. And he quoted Harvey saying he loved to uh, have sex with uh, young boys. Yet we now have a holiday, uh, not a holiday, but a day of recognition, May 21 or 22 for the school system. And and, uh, they made a movie, Hollywood fabricated a movie about him. But uh, so we have two judicial systems. And uh, I'll talk more about that in a minute. But this one person that wrote this article said there's a need for transparency. Listen to what the, I always like to hear what the founding fathers, you know, here you might say, Hey, we don't care what the founding fathers believed. This is what we're doing today. So love it or leave it. Right. But it's interesting that the founding fathers establish a country uncomparable to any other country in the world. And they were well, well aware of the need for transparency in government. So James Madison, known as the father of the Constitution, so since he wrote it, he probably should know what he meant by what he wrote, right? You ever communicate in an email and somebody get all ticked off and said, I can't believe you said that. And you say, say what? And so they said, say this. And I say, well, that's not what I meant by that. And so finally you have to say, listen, I'm the author, so why don't, you tell, why don't I tell you what I meant by that, right? So this is when James Madison speaking, he's telling a future law professors and Supreme Court uh, people what he really meant by it in the papers that he wrote. So he says a popular government without popular information or means of acquiring it is but a prologue to a farce and a tragedy or perhaps both. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance. And a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. Uh, so it, this person writes, it's essential that American people have access to inv- information about the inner workings of our government if we should ever hope to be able to hold its actors accountable. Without this essential component, our civil liberties will not stand for long. And this is already evident in our crumbling legal system. You got it? You with me on this crumbling legal system here? We're right in the midst of one of the worst crumblings of our legal systems I've ever seen since I began. Thomas Paine also said, a body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought not to be trusted by anybody. That's one of the amazing statements. A body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought not to be trusted by anybody. And this person goes on to write the rate of prosecutorial and judicial misconduct. I just wrote an article about this for the territorial dispatch regarding judicial misconduct regarding major K a tax increase for Yuba County. But we're seeing prosecutorial, which we just saw in the juicy Smollett case. Remember the Duke lacrosse case? They were, they tried to prosecute those three lacrosse players for raping a stripper it was totally fabricated yet all of them got in deep trouble athletic director got 
canned. The lacrosse team got canned. It says the rate of prosecutorial and judicial misconduct ought to be enough to back up this statement. So as Americans are becoming more aware of the abuses in our system, we should demand that, that practices like prohibiting recordings be abandoned to, so all citizens have a greater ability to hold government actors accountable. What people worry about if they can't see the court at all, they, they just feel like anything could go on there the same way they do in communist countries. So Allison Nathan, she's the, uh, Salas, you remember, was over the one of the Epstein trials. But Allison Nathan is the uh, judge. And she said that some of the things are too, I don't know what the term is, that I can't remember the term, too deplorable or too sexually explicit, uh, to talk about. I have a real problem with that. To me, adults ought to be able to just handle all the gory details. You're going to see a person on a film hacked up to death. <clears throat> you you could talk about it. Either they did it or they didn't, right? So let's see what they suggested they did to these young girls. Sexually bizarre. So she's forbidding, you know, so who's going to get to hear that? So she's... Uh, Allison Nathan, she's a uh, sharp lady, but she's already going to be appointed. She got a- appointed by Obama, as I mentioned, and then she, uh, Chucky Schumer and Biden are going to recommend that she moves on up, not to the Supreme Court, but another federal post higher up. So, uh, so that's her gig. Um, can't. You know, when people, these things happen to these people, like a judge get their, their family shot up, uh, it's unbelievable. I just, uh, it said that Judge Solace was in a basement. <clears throat> Do you know what Governor Phil, this is what liberals say. Uh, speaking about the incident, the state's governor, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, said that the shooting was a reminder that gun violence was still a crisis and that our work to make every community safer isn't done. It doesn't actually mention the fact that it's a person who actually does the killing. All right. So then you have, oh, this is another deal, that the Maxwell family, it must be Jelaine's brother, Kevin, and his wife, Isabel, are complaining that she's not getting enough food to eat or she's not getting enough soap. And uh, one other thing they complained about in the federal facility. Now, my experience is if my experience is they're eating three times a day over at Yuba County, which people rave about the food, at least they used to under the previous cook. I don't know whether they're not feeding them like they do here in our state. But if you want more soap, generally you can buy it in the canteen here in Yuba County. You got to have some money. But these are some of the richest people in the world, folks. Jelaine Maxwell uh, has been floating around on multi-million-dollar yachts since she was a little girl. She'd been living with the the rich and famous since she was a little girl. So uh, anyway, Kevin and Isabel, they're complaining, they're calling. You know, you know, when you can call the attorney general, Merrick Garland, you got connections, baby. 
to get some more shampoo for your do- for your sis. Most people just really scrap, scrap, scrap for this. But you people can put money on what what's so called the books. They can put money on your books, and you can go buy yourself some more soap, or if you want some special conditioner for your hair, or soap, hand soap, or whatever body soap, body lotion, all those things. But I've been in jail a lot working, and I, you know, I kind of know a little bit of the system, but not all. I will grant you that not all jails are the same. All right, so I'm going to do a couple things here just really quick because time's short at at this segment. We're down two and a half minutes left. But Thomas Sowell, I'm going to, it's going to make me really sad. I used to, the two brothers, I'd call the Soul brothers, S-O-U-L brothers, but Thomas Soul S-O-W-E-L-L, and Walter Williams uh, were two of my, I was going to say favorite economists, but it's actually more general than that. Two of my favorite people who are great thinkers, great American thinkers. And if you can ever see anything written or on YouTube by Walter Williams, they just, you know, these two guys, they speak very simply and clearly in profound principles. Not complicated to understand, but it's, they just see society from a perspective that is more understanding and clear and clear thinking. So Thomas says some Thomas soul, some Americans will never appreciate America Isn't this sad. I know that's true to be true until after they have helped destroy it. I can just hear him say this and have then begun to suffer the consequences. Now, Thomas soul is still active and I don't see him writing. He used to write syndicated columns all the time and you could read about him. You could read him every week somewhere. Uh, he's he's slowing down a little bit. I think he's in his 80s. Uh, his friend Walter Williams just died a couple of years ago now. It'll be a sad day when he passes. Um, but he says some Americans will never appreciate America until after they've helped destroy it and have then uh, will be begin to suffer the conscious consequences of their actions. Uh, very, very, very sad. Uh, and also from last week, I want to say this again, this is Liberty First Society. This is Chris Ann Hall, who's a teacher of the Constitution. She said, if you compromise everything to keep your job or your business, you've already lost it. If you do everything you can to defend your liberty, your children will inherit freedom. That's true. So you can go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. I have a lot of people saying to me, oh, Lou, I need to learn the Constitution. I know bits and pieces here. I don't know much. I don't know how to, I don't know how to interpret things. Chris Ann Hall is one of the best teachers I know. And there's other ones as well. If you'll go on our website at uh, nohostagesradio.com, there usually is a listing of places you can study the Constitution. We're going to take a break and be right back. Hey guys, 
it's me, the government. Sorry to pop in unexpected. Just doing my job, checking in. Okay, everybody vaxxed in here? <laughs> I'm kidding, it's Brooklyn, New York, of course. All right, but you got your boosters? All 15? Let me see. Let's see those band-aids. Herpes vaccine? Pull the pants down. Great, great, great. Uh, you're the dad in the house. I just need to see proof of vasectomy. As you know, we can't have babies anymore. We're doing it for the planet. You know, we're trying to change that temp, bring the temps down. Okay, an all-white family, I see. Ugh. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, can we get a black or Latino friend in here, maybe for dinner? Include them. Let's be inclusive. All right, let's get the POC. Let's pock it up. Uh, all right, great. You're drinking coffee? I hope it's sustainable. Great. All right, guys. Well, I just don't want to be a bother. I'll get out of your way, and I'll check back in with you in about four seconds. Hey, guys. Have you heard of this? Blasts in China. All within a week, 10 explosions, 10 bomb blasts in one country in less than a week. Between October 21st and October 27th, there were at least 10 mysterious explosions throughout China, killing at least 13 people and injuring many more. These mysterious explosions came just weeks before Xi Jinping was anointed as a revered leader of the CCP, preparing him for next year's CCP Congress which is scheduled for next October. This gives Xi less than a year to make good on his commitment to absorb Taiwan into the CCP and unite all of China under communism. And allowing this to happen would be handing the world economy over to the communist Chinese. The CCP deploys massive fishing fleets to illegally plunder protected areas such as the Galapagos Islands, because they are hungry. The CCP is undergoing a food shortage crisis, warning people to stock up on essential items and adopting laws against food waste and binge eating. The CCP has been buying massive amounts of farmland in Australia and the United States. Handing over the world economy to the communist Chinese would be national suicide for both nations, who have already been infiltrated at the highest levels of government by the CCP. A handful of Republican senators visited Taiwan to vow U.S. support. The U.S. Secretary of State has said that the U.S. will defend Taiwan. And Australia's Minister for Defense has vowed to back the U.S. and Taiwan against China. But who currently has control over the Australian military or the U.S. military? The CCP's own woke American puppet, General Mark Milley, says that the U.S. is incapable of defending itself against China's hypersonic missile tech. PSYOPs, something we have all been learning about firsthand. Many of us have read how they've done it in history but today, we are all witnessing in real time how the banking cartel is capable of orchestrating a world war. As China's housing giant Evergrande defaults on billions of dollars of debt, Goldman Sachs is busy buying up these garbage assets with U.S. taxpayer dollars. 
Goldman Sachs is bailing out the CCP with U.S. tax dollars, while the CCP is preparing to wage war against the U.S. By hook or by crook, the ethos of the communist Chinese is what the bankers want for their world government dream. Every individual connected to a central bank, controlled by a social credit score, and made to accept endless injections of unknown substances into their body. But they get it. They know what's at stake here. And maybe in order to understand how precious and fragile freedom really is, maybe, maybe you have to lose it. But you already know that. I mean, all of this, it's, uh, it's just a distraction. And I made it easy for you, didn't I? I bet your face just lit up when you realized that there was a pastor on the witness list. You knew that if you challenged scriptures, I would rise to defend them. It's kind of in my job description. You figured you'd run out the clock while we debated how, how women wore their hair 2,000 years ago, all in hopes that no one would realize that it's really their freedoms that are on the line. Not at all, sir. The issue here today is homeschooling. I wish it was, Mr. Chairman. I truly do. Now today, today was about turning neighbor against neighbor. That's part of your plan, isn't it? Keep us all divided so bit by bit we don't realize you're chipping away at our freedoms and liberties. You got us all talking about how Noah got all the animals on the ark. Meanwhile, you're crafting legislation that will allow the government to barge into our homes. Because it's all about power for you. And the only way that you can get more power is by taking it from someone else. And that would be all well and good if it wasn't for that pesky thing called the Constitution that keeps getting in your way. Now you hold on a second. No, I'm done talking to you. I'm talking to the people who elected you. Because as inconvenient as it is, sir, this is where your power comes from. Order! You see those statues and those monuments out there? They say, you work for us. You are out of order, Mr. Hill. A government of the people, by the people, for the people. Order. You are out of order, Mr. Hill. Order. Bailiff. So stay out of our homes and churches, and yes, stay out of our children's education. Because what you call teaching, Mr. Chairman, is really social engineering. You are out of order, Mr. Hill. History is being rewritten. Biology is redefined, and right and wrong are erased. Our children don't belong to the government, and neither does our country. America belongs to its citizens, to each and all, to the farmers in Texas, to the window cleaners in New York, to the cabinet makers in Maine, and the teachers in Oklahoma, to every man, woman, and child. It belongs to the people. third segment so i need to leave room for a seven minute clip here seven and a half minutes about uh, i'm going to 
I'll just do something short here and then get this because I keep forgetting them. I'm not used to doing it this way. And when I'm doing the podcast, if I have a radio operator, board operator here, he reminds me. But uh, I want to include a couple of clips where I'll just leave space for them here on the podcast. And Tanner Martis down in Texas makes things work right as long as I do my part. So um, I wanted to make it, I, I found this article and I found this really fascinating. Uh, I am very interested in people that come to the United States from other countries and are just so thankful to be here. And I saw a photo of this gal who looks American, like obviously she could be European, but I think it was about something doing with Olympic athletes, American Olympic athletes. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'll read this. Callie or Kaylee, K-A-I-L-L-I-E, Kaylee Humphreys, talks about her being one of the most talented women's bobsledders in the world. You ever like to, we're, we're going to be in the Beijing Olympics pretty soon, Winter Olympics. It says, as of Thursday, she's also a United States citizen. So this gal's been a world-class bobsledder. And I thought, well, where's she from? Because she just became a U.S. citizen. And uh, so she's competed in the last three World Winter Olympic Games for for Canada. Hmm. She left Canada. Can you? She earned two gold medals and one bronze medal. <clears throat> but she uh, ran into some problems. She left Team Canada after a dispute over allegations of verbal and mental abuse and harassment. In September 2019, uh, Humphreys won, won the right to compete for the U.S. However, Olympic rules require athletes to actually possess a passport from the country they represent. In other words, they have to be a citizen. So she did it. She said, I would like to do that. And so she became a citizen recently. And so it doesn't automatically qualify her for the Olympics. She has to actually perform, right? She has to compete to be the best. And uh, so for Humphreys, she has won over like 50 or something like that world championships. She's amazing person. She said, I'm living proof that the American dream still exists, said Haley. Uh, she wrote it on Facebook. Immigration is not just a blanket to the past. It's also a link to the future. And the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. For Humphreys, a beautiful dream was to become a citizen of the greatest country in the world and represent it in the Olympics. She ended her post with the closing words of the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. In a separate Facebook post, U.S. bobsled da, 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 account, or you know their their Facebook deal said Humphrey still has to qualify for the team. Somebody, I don't know whether it's somebody got a bean up their nose or what. Anyway, um, she's fifty-four time World Cup medalist, fifty-four, fifty-four medals, uh, five-time world champion. So. Uh, so this compares Haley to a gal that we've just, uh, we can't forget, right? Megan Rapino, the, per, the kind of the purple hair or the different color hair lady that played for uh, <clears throat> our world, the, the American soccer team, international soccer team, right? So on an NPR, NPR National Public Radio Fresh Air podcast, she was asked, uh, Rapino was asked about a statement from the U.S. soccer that said 
the U.S. soccer said, quote, representing your country is a privilege and an honor and that playing the playing of the national anthem is is a time to reflect upon the liberties and freedom we all appreciate in the country. Well, how do you do? It sounds like something a lot of people could agree with. Um, but Rapino instead attacked her country and said the nerve and the audacity to say what they did in that statement. It is it is an honor and a privilege that we all have in this country. She's mocking it. I don't think so. I don't think we we do all have that in this country. So uh, it's interesting that Rapino probably is making millions of dollars and has, has been allowed to play for this country that she hates. And she could also switch countries. I mean, just like Haley did. Haley Humphreys, she came down here. She left her country in Canada. And Rapino now is, uh, by the way, I have I used to buy from Subway once in a while, Subway the sandwich people we have here in California. But I don't do that anymore. I don't shop at Subway because Megan Rapino is a spokeswoman for them. And and uh, I think she's a horrible sports spokeswoman. So uh, this the, the writer of this article is pretty sharp. They said the founding fathers wrote the Declaration of Independence as a promissory note. Right. It, it wasn't a description of what how life was in America, like it's perfect. It was saying this was what we would hope for if we could pull off perfect. So uh, anyway, I, I hope Rapino, I think hope I'm hoping we've seen the last of her. And I hope that maybe we get an, one more Olympics out of Haley. Haley Humphreys. Pretty cool, huh? Also, I wanted to mention, um, let me go up here. Let me just do this, and then I'll go up, and I want to talk about one of our, a couple of our sponsors. But I want to mention, you ever heard the term Band of Brothers? <clears throat> there, I think there was a movie. I like movies, but I don't get to them very often. So the last, you know, I know we just passed December 7th, uh, the, the attack of Asian islands or Asian islands or the Pacific islands, including Hawaii, December 7, 1941, which triggered us getting into the war full on. But this article says last of the World War II Band of Brothers has died at 99 years of age. Officer Edward Shames, S-H-A-M-E-S, Edward Shames, and uh, said Colonel Edward Shames, final surviving member of the World War II Parachute Infantry Regiment known as the Band of Brothers, which inspired the HBO miniseries and book of the same name, died Friday. He was 99. An obituary posted by uh, the, the funeral home said he uh, died peacefully at his home in Norfolk, Virginia. Shame, Shames enlisted in the Army in 1942, parachuted into Normandy, fought in the Battle of the Bulge, as part of Easy Company, 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment, 101st Airborne Division. Their combined efforts and sacrifices made in the name of freedom inspired the 2001 HBO miniseries Band of Brothers. Uh, Stephen Ambrose wrote the bestseller, uh, Band of Brothers. Only 19 at the time of his enlistment, Shames trained at Camp Tocoa, Georgia. His service subsequently saw him involved in some of the most important battles of World War II. He made his first combat jump into Normandy on D-Day, 
at Operation Overlord. He volunteered for Operation Pegasus and then fought with East Company and Operation Market Garden and the Battle of the Bulge in Bastogne. James was the first member, think of this, the first member of the 101st to enter Dachau concentration camp just days after its liberation. Uh, when Germany surrendered, Ed Shames and his men of Easy Company entered Hitler's Eagle's Nest, where Ed managed to acquire a few bottles of cognac, etc., etc. Later, he would use the cognac to toast his oldest son's bar mitzvah. Isn't that amazing? Things that how things are connected. Uh, said in the 2001 miniseries created by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, they followed Easy Company from its training in Georgia in 1942 all the way to the war's end in 1945. Shames was pro- portrayed by British actor Joseph May. And I have a great story about a, another actor who was a famous military man, but I'll get to that hopefully later. So I want to mention a couple other people that uh, help us stick around here, stay on the air, as they say, if what if it's air we're on. I don't even know we're on half the time. I want to talk about um, uh, Bill and Carla Artemenko at Thrifty Rooter, and um, that's a business, plumbing business and pumper business. They can pump out your septic tanks. And they are popular. They they do good business around here. Their trucks are all over the place. And I think they, they not only serve you, but Sutter. I mean to ask them because I see their name pop up in other counties. And I'm wondering if they're franchisees or whether they're just the owner of all these places. But over in Butte County and maybe even over in Calusa County. But uh, whatever, it, wherever you are, if you can hear my voice, just dial them up at 530-673-8201 if you want to do old school or uh, if you have a plumbing problem. Or you can text them right off or email them right off their website at thriftyrooter.net. And you can just ch- check off, just click on the check on what your problem is and then put your name, address, phone number and at, and uh send it boom in any comments and they will respond right off that pretty cool and you know you wonder who you can trust you know i see people post on websites facebook sites hey i'm just in town moved here i need a good place to get my nails done get my hair done get it i need my my you know my toyota fixed i need this done i need that done i need a school to go to for my kids so when a business has been around for like 40 to 50 years, uh, they got some repeat business going on. So they got it going on. Plumbing doctor has been around. Also, they're looking for some plumbers. So if you want to learn to trade, that's a great trade plumbing. So you make a good money and uh, it's you. Everybody's happy when you show up and fix a problem. You are happy boy or girl. I've met some women plumbers, had some women plumbers over at my house before. So uh, thrifty rooter, go get them. And uh, also, Greenest Construction, they're the kitchen, bath. They just resurrect kitchens and baths. People say, oh, let's move, let's do that, let's do this. And they just take those baths and they just bring it up to current specifications. All the, you know, the new looks, you know, maybe you got a 1980s kitchen or bath 
And all over, you know, just in a few weeks, they will have that thing totally brand new. You'll think, I just want to sit in here and look at this place for a while. It's unbelievable. So uh, you can check Dave out without even calling him up. You can just look at his website at Greenets, Green E-T-Z, GreenettsConstruction.com. Or you can go over to Dave Greenets Construction Facebook page, and he just he takes some cool pictures of his jobs before and after. And sometimes he'll even have some commentary like, well, this is how we did this, or this is how we did that. We rearrange this thing this way, you can see. And he'll even show you the floor plans. And so you can email him or text him off these different sites, or you could text him or call him at 530-682-9602. And don't let him scare you. He's liable to answer the phone. You don't get a secretary or anything or no warm-up. He just says, hello, this is Dave. And you got to start talking, right? He's actually going to expect a real human being to like throw down and get it on. All right. So I wanted to talk about Kevin Kylie for a minute. I heard he's, I don't even, maybe he's already spoken here. He was supposed to speak at the tea party. Somebody told me he's going to speak. I think it was this, this past Monday he spoke here, but Kevin Kylie has ended up being kind of the, one assemblyman for Northern California. We have lots, but nobody does anything. So Kevin Kiley, uh, he says uh, in his blog, Gavin Newsom's off to New York City every week. I mean, he's he's going after these the government and Gavin Newsom. He's off to New York City to promote his new children's book. This comes after three days in Nevada, a week in Cabo, and a mysterious 13-day disappearance. He's chosen a bad time to go jet-setting, just as courts have dropped, stopped all three of Biden's mandate orders. The Orange County Board of Education, led by Mary Bark, has filed a lawsuit to terminate the state of emergency. Uh, This premise is simple. A governor doesn't get to end the emergency at his leisure. He's required to do so at the earliest possible date that conditions warrant. The court made this clear in my case against Newsom. It wouldn't it be nice to have James Gallagher write every week or two about go after some of these things and educate us on what's going on, like Kylie does multiple times a week? He quotes, the Emergency Services Act is not a statute of indefinite duration. The Emergency Services Act obligates the governor to declare the state of emergency terminated as soon as conditions warrant. And then he quotes the court case, Gallagher and Kylie, that's James Gallagher from Sutter County, versus Newsom. The court based its decision on the need for a governor to respond quickly to emergency conditions. This suggests that if the governor vacates his office to go on a book tour, it's no longer legally an emergency. This is the ultimate lawsuit as ending the emergency causes all other orders to expire. Granted, the courts have failed us time and again because in California they're corrupt, folks, like we saw with Measure K, the tax initiative in Yuba County. But with Newsom... Off hawking books in the Big Apple, they'll they'll have a harder time ignoring what a farce this has all become. Don't you like that? Wouldn't you like a? Wouldn't it be great to have an assemblyman like this? Tourism, he says this in another post. Kylie, tourism is now above pre-COVID levels in Florida, while remaining way down in California. 
People prefer freedom and good government to corruption and ineptitude. And here's another one. The Surgeon General has acknowledged a youth mental health crisis related to COVID shutdowns. This is from Kylie. No one saw this coming except literally everyone who cared in the slightest. I love this. Uh, then he goes on to talk about that on October 1. I, I've hold, held on to this. I can't. I'm not going to take all the time to read it. But he says on October 1, Anusim announced his student vaccine mandate. Did, you know about this, right? If you have students, they're, they're going to make them get ma- a shot. So uh, uh, he says a, pre- a press release oozing with self-satisfaction declared C- California the first state in the nation to do this. I mean, the liberals are so proud of this stuff. He goes on to say, uh, two months later, we remain the only state. Now, that's October, November, December. We remain the only state doing this. New York, Michigan, Illinois, and every other state, red or blue, has rejected his mandate. Newsom thought he'd be a hero. He's now looking to save face. So we have people up here that are trying to follow the orders brought down to them for the California Department of Public Health, or CDPH. And they got the willies scared out of the these boards of uh, trustees at these schools. You know what they're threatening them with? Not just withdrawing money. Remember masks? They were mandating masks or that you wouldn't get any money. It's gotten a lot worse than that. They are threatening trustees that if anybody gets sick and a parent sues the school, if they're, you know, if the trust, if they, they say to the trustees, if you think you're going to just go your own way and make your own decision based on your local, local uh, views of this thing, if anything goes wrong and we get sued, you're going to get sued personally. Now, other attorneys have said that's baloney. They're not going to end up. Nobody's going to end up doing that. The bottom line is that the state is wh- what is that called? It's bullying. When you go out to at your school break or your lunch, you go out to the place recess or whatever. And same kid comes up, pushes you around, calls you names, threatens you, wants your lunch. Do you have any money? Give me your money. Give me this. Give me that. Give me your hat. That's just exactly what the government is. It's communist people. They didn't have to label it communism. They just act like it. Right. When, when, when you see the, you know, the old deal, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck right it's probably a duck we are we are changing to a communist government unless you unless you're going to stand up against it right so uh that's kylie and he's he's going after the fact that the governor's standing on this he's going to be the only governor in of the as obama would say the 58 states that uh, is going to have a vaccine mandate for all their children. And, and you're going to hear a clip. Oh, brother, I missed it. I missed it. I did this again. I can't believe I did this. Okay, I'll have to move it down one. So uh, the uh, he'll be the only governor out of 58 states that has done this vaccine mandate. And unless this thing keeps going forward and parents don't put their, their foot down. Now, I've had parents, I've been on the phone tonight with parents that are pulling their kids out of Marysville joint unified school district schools and uh, Marysville joint unified is getting unhappy about it. So we'll be right back. And talk more about it in a second. 
reception of Robert Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, is clear evidence of a mass awakening. The people are waking up to see Fauci for what he is, an absolute psychopath. We've learned of how he directed experiments at the NIAID in which beagles had their vocal cords removed and their heads enclosed in cages where sand fleas ate them alive. And we've learned of how he fraudulently used PCR tests to illegitimately push a known deadly drug upon tens of thousands of people. And many are now learning that in 1992, under the direction of Anthony Fauci, the NIAID funded drug trials on HIV-positive children. Although many of the children were healthy and asymptomatic, they had merely tested positive via faulty PCR tests administered through New York's Child Welfare Department, who then handed them over to the deadly experiments. Most of the drugs being tested on the children were already known to cause deformities, organ failure, brain damage, and other lethal side effects. And yet the children were required to continue with the drugs regardless of negative side effects. Those administering the drugs were explicitly told that all adverse side effects they witnessed in the children were being caused by the HIV infection and not the drugs. When parents refused to consent to these barbaric trials, children's services took their kids and placed them with foster families or children's homes where participation in the trial would be assured when the children resisted the deadly drugs, they were brought to Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, where plastic tubes were surgically inserted into their stomachs, and the deadly drugs they were trying to escape were pumped directly into their bodies. Once the children died, their bodies were added to a mass grave in Hawthorne, New York, a large pit with astroturf thrown over it. To get around the Nuremberg Code and other laws, the state of New York created a special review board comprised of the hospital stakeholders. One may wonder, other than torturing and killing innocent children, what were they trying to accomplish? They already knew of the negative side effects that these drugs were having on adults. But the more we learn about Anthony Fauci, the more we realize that he is an absolute psychopath and it doesn't matter why psychopaths do what they do. Fauci and his criminal cohorts belong in cages at the very least. Anthony Fauci is just one old crook in a massive conspiracy that is aggressively pushing to inject everyone's children with the new deadly and debilitating mRNA experimental jabs, whether you like it or not. Going after Fauci is a drop in the bucket, but at least it's a start. One of the reasons our children do not measure up academically to children in other countries is that so much time is spent in American classrooms twisting our history for ideological purposes. 
How would you feel if you were a Native American who saw the European invaders taking away your land is the kind of question our children are likely to be confronted with in our schools. It is a classic example of trying to look at the past with the assumptions and the ignorance of the present. One of the things we take for granted today is that it is wrong to take other people's land by force. Neither American Indians nor the European invaders believed that. Both took other people's land by force, as did Asians, Africans, Arabs, Polynesians, and others. The Indians no doubt regretted losing so many battles, but that is wholly different from saying that they thought battles were the wrong way to settle the question of who would control the land. Today's child cannot possibly put himself or herself in the mindset of Indians centuries ago without infinitely more knowledge of history than our schools have ever taught. Nor is understanding history the purpose of such questions. The purpose is to score points against Western society. In short, propaganda has replaced education as the goal of too many educators. Schools are not the only institutions that twist history to score ideological points. Never forget that they owned lots of slaves, was the huge headline across the front page of the New York Times book review section in its December 14, 2004 issue. Inside was an indictment of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. Of all the tragic facts about the history of slavery, the most astonishing to an American today is that, although slavery was a worldwide institution for thousands of years, nowhere in the world was slavery a controversial issue prior to the 18th century. People of every race and color were enslaved, and enslaved others. White people were still being bought and sold as slaves in the Ottoman Empire, decades after American blacks were freed. Everyone hated the idea of being a slave, but few had any qualms about enslaving others. Slavery was just not an issue, not even among intellectuals, much less among political leaders, until the 18th century, and then it was an issue only in Western civilization. Among those who turned against slavery in the 18th century were George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and other American leaders. You could research all of 18th century Africa or Asia or the Middle East without finding any comparable rejection of slavery there. But who is singled out for scathing criticism today? American leaders of the 18th century. Deciding that slavery was wrong was much easier than deciding what to do with millions of people from another continent, of another race, and without any historical preparation for living as free citizens in a society like that of the United States, where they were twenty percent of the total population. It is clear from the private correspondence of Washington, Jefferson, and many others that their moral rejection of slavery was unambiguous, but the practical question of what to do now had them baffled. That would remain so for more than half a century. In 1862, a ship carrying slaves from Africa to Cuba, in violation of a ban on the international slave trade, was captured on the high seas by the U.S. Navy. The crew were imprisoned, and the captain was hanged in the United States, despite the fact that slavery itself was still legal at the time in Africa, in Cuba, and in the United States. What does this tell us? that enslaving people was considered an abomination, but what to do with millions of people who were already enslaved was not equally clear. 
That question was finally answered by a war in which one life was lost for every six people freed. Maybe that was the only answer. But don't pretend today that it was an easy answer, or that those who grappled with the dilemma in the 18th century were some special villains, when most leaders and most people around the world at that time saw nothing wrong with slavery. Incidentally, the September 2004 issue of National Geographic had an article about the millions of people still enslaved around the world right now. But where was the moral indignation about that? All right, so uh, I was talking about school news, and I've uh, so I heard of, in in Yuba County, uh, in Edgewater, which is just south of Marysville, Edgewater Schools, Edgewater School. We had an interesting thing happen, and I'm you know me, I'm just going to tell you exactly what happened, whether it sounds great or not. So a black fifteen year old. Uh, beat up uh, a girl, a younger girl. He's still, he's behind in school. And so the school is covering it up. And the parents are afraid to press charges of the girl. But I'm told that the kid's a troublemaker. And, uh, and the only reason I bring up the fact that he's black is I want you to just reverse it for me. And you just pretend that it's a white bully at the school and he beats up a, a a girl who happens to be black that is much younger than him and even if she's the same age doesn't wash right guy against girl but just turn it around and just see see if it wouldn't be covered up if it was a white guy beating up a black girl right but since it's a black guy in Yuba County, beating up a white girl, we're going to cover that up. You with me? I've also been on the phone uh, about <clears throat> people pulling their kids out of school, and now the school's threatening they're going to take them to the school attendance review board, SARB, in Marysville. One's in high school, and the sibling is in uh, middle school or grammar school. And they sent the cops to their house. I want you to think about it now. Now, I understand. I, I was on the school board for a few terms. So I understand the concept of school attendance review boards. They have a review board of people that are appointed to that. And they hear cases when kids are enrolled in a particular school, like a public school. If they're not showing up for school, they try to figure out what's wrong now their SAR boards are notoriously slow lethargic and lazy and you my complaint has been hey either leave people alone or figure out the problem and get the kid straightened out because the kid ultimately the kid loses if if he's not getting any education but in this case the family is just determining where they're going to put their kids in school 
but they're tired of all the baloney. They're tired of the mask. Their kids get rashes on their face from the mask. They're tired of the shot mandates. They put up the shot booths all over. They're tired of the critical race theory. They're tired of transgenderism. They're tired, 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 tired. And the the half uh, stepsister, the stepsister of this guy, it's this couple. The stepsister, she had her kid at Bridge Street School, and he's a fifth grader and a fifth or sixth grader, and he took photographs with his phone of what was being in the curriculum, talking about all kinds of sex curriculums, talking about all kinds of sex acts, and he took photos of the pages and brought them home to his mother. They took him out of the school. They put their house on the market. They sold it quickly, like in a matter of weeks, and moved to Georgia. Now, that's happening every single day all over the place and because I, I'm, I'm, like, amazed at how many people I personally know that are gone, that are friends, they're acquaintances, and that, have, that are now relocated because, because, because all the above reasons, right? Spending five, $600 for your vehicle every year to register to drive on these bumpy roads of California when you can get the same thing done for, like, $50 in another state, right? So uh, so that's what's going on with our schools. Uh, it is corrupt, and it is, it's propaganda. And I had a, a lady was having trouble with Kynock School. She had two small boys, and finally she's fighting with them all through COVID. And one of them is a special needs kid. And so she moved him out to Bible Baptist, and she's a very smart lady, owns her own business. And she moved him out to Bible Baptist, and I said, hey, how's it going out there? She said, oh, I love it. She said, it's just like it's a breath of fresh air. It's wonderful. She said, my kids have never... They're thriving educationally, scholastically. And so, um, all right, I'm going to leave that there. And I'm going to play a clip that I should have played last section about Judge Janine Pirro. And uh, then I'm going to probably end in the, in the segment right at the end of her talk. Okay, here we go. You are no longer safe in America. Your government is not protecting you. The police cannot protect you. In short, you're on your own. Something has radically changed in America. Crime is coming out of nowhere and is hitting like a thunderbolt. It can happen at a Christmas parade in a high school on a subway platform, to an Ivy League student walking near campus, or to an innocent mom taking your baby out in a stroller for a breath of fresh air on a sunny day, who, after the robbery, abandons the stroller, grabs her baby, and then runs away. Any of these crimes could have involved you. The victims were totally innocent, the crimes totally unprovoked. But you don't need to be on a subway platform or in Times Square. Small-town America, middle America, is being hit with this very same crime wave. Now, there was a time in America when motive could be gleaned from the nature of the crime. You rob a bank for money. 
You burgle a home for contents. You assault or kill another because of an argument, vendetta, gang membership, or any of the seven deadly sins. Today, crime is totally unprovoked. It matters not who you are, where you are, or what you are doing. You could be walking down the street on your way to work, on your way to the grocery store. Now you must assess where to shop and how dangerous this will be. You will be followed home by people who want your car, who want your watch, or just like the way you look. So what has changed? Tonight we look at how the criminal justice system has changed in America, starting with the liberal laws passed by progressive Democrats eliminating bail, the Soros-funded DAs who care more about the criminal than the victim. The police are now the ones handcuffed by leftist mayors and by governors. Democrat radical policies and so-called social justice warriors who fight to protect the criminal as well as judges looking to please the left for their next judgeship or who are too concerned about being accepted by the woke academic community are endangering the, the rest of us. More and more, these inept, uncaring cogs in the wheel of justice are both failing and endangering us. Now, Daryl Brooks, who called for violence against as many white people as possible, drove his red SUV over people in a Christmas parade in the middle of America, killing six and injuring 60. This career criminal was out on $1,000 bail because an inept, lazy assistant district attorney by the name of Michelle Grasso asked for $1,000 bail for a guy who had just jumped bail and a guy with a 50-page rap sheet. Add to that a lazy court commissioner, Cedric Cornwall, who decided 1000 bucks was good for a career criminal, sex offender, domestic violence batterer, gun-toting, drug-dealing degenerate. And he allowed Brooks on, out onto the streets to victimize a whole community. And then there's Oxford, Michigan, with Ethan Crumbly, who shot and killed four students and injured seven others, including a teacher. For no reason, because liberal school personnel should have known Crumbly had a gun, or at least had access to one, but never bothered to ask. The very reason they told his parents to come to class instead of suspending him immediately, and then they let him go right back into class. A Columbia University PhD student was knifed to death by a gang member on a violent stabbing spree who howled with glee as he stabbed another individual not far from where he had just stabbed and killed the Ivy Leaguer. He then moved on to menacing with a knife another man who was strolling through the park with his girlfriend. Now, this horrifying stabbing spree was committed by a 25-year-old member of the Bloods gang. He had 16, 16 prior arrests since 2012. Now, this week, L.A. police arrested parolee Ariel Maynard, who fatally shot Jacqueline Avant a philanthropist and wife of a music icon. Maynard had an extensive criminal history and had just served time in prison for robbery while inflicting great bodily injury in California in 2013. And again, shortly thereafter, he was sentenced in 2018 
for a four-year prison sentence for the same crime, second-degree robbery, but they released him early in California. Take a look at your screen. These are the horrific, unprovoked, egregious, and deadly crimes happening in major cities, small towns, and in every corner of our country in 2021. These are sadly just a sampling of the headlines that are splashed in newspapers from coast to coast in the United States, from New York to Los Angeles to Illinois to Alabama to Florida, Indiana, Wisconsin to Tennessee. Something has changed in this country, and it's clear to me that liberal policies, spineless DAs who are destroying our criminal justice system and teaching young prosecutors that the criminals are their priorities. The focus are erasing the very principle that this country was founded on and has thrived for over 250 years. There's only one way to end this, and it is to get involved in every local race from town council, city council, county legislature, to judge, DA, school board, sheriff, and every other state office where you live. I believe our power will be based in the states in the future, which is where this change must begin. We need to recall those in office who are failing us in the oath that they took to protect the citizens and the Constitution. We've got to be vocal. We must peacefully protest decisions made that we do not agree with. It is time for us to be visible and vocal, to peaceably assemble, to let the world and the rest of them know that we are not sitting ducks waiting to be assaulted, that we have a strength and a determination to get this country back on track. And that means holding those in power accountable and jailing, yes, I said locking up those who are victimizing innocent human beings. They should not be roaming freely among us. I have no tolerance for them or the so-called social justice warriors who want me to think I'm wrong because I believe in consequences in law and order. You're damn right I do, and I won't stop, and neither should you, until we get America back on track. And that's my open. Let me know what you think on my Facebook and Twitter, hashtag Judge Janine. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News' YouTube page and catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis. You will not get it anywhere else. All right. I hope you enjoyed that uh, opening for uh, Janine Pirro for Fox News. She's always a good speaker. I thought that was particularly good about uh, framing in what's going on in America today. I want to uh, give a couple more comments about uh, people that are supporting us. Uh, two other people. One is a North Valley Paralegal. That's Nellie Garcia. I refer people over there all the time. You just can't live in America without <clears throat> taking care of some legal business. And so when you have legal business to take care of, uh, she can handle it for you. You know, a lot of times people think of, oh, I need an attorney. Most of the time you don't. Uh, and, a, and a paralegal can handle it, and Nellie certainly can do that, Nellie Garcia. So give her a call at 530-751-9289. That's Yuba City, but she serves uh, all kinds of counties, but she's right in the center of, right on the edge of Yuba City, and, and so just over the bridge from Marysville. So 751 Sutter Street, very easy to get to off the 10th Street or 5th Street Bridge. And five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine. She will get your your business done quickly, uh, legally, uh, excellently, and uh, cheaper than the average attorney. 
So, and also I wanted to mention uh, the plumbing doctor. Uh, in fact, Ted Holmes is just over here working on my house this week and helping me. I've been doing some repairs over here, just like you have to do on your house. Lots of things to do when you own anything. You always have to maintenance to do. So he's been helping me, and uh, plumbing doctor's been over here working on some faucets and been building a fence, putting in concrete. Other people are helping. So if you want somebody that if you need construction done or you need a plumbing doctor, just to, you need somebody to come in and put in a new water line or sewage line or fix something, find out why things aren't working right, plumbing doctor can do it. If you call them 530-671-9111, call them 24 hours a day if you wish. Five three zero six seven one nine one one one. Also, um, Ali Universal Security. Uh, they are a great security company, and they are serving all over the North State. Uh, they're headquartered here in Yuba County, but they have uh, jobs that they are managing and taking care of. As I mentioned, in the northern counties of the state of California, we have 58 counties. We consider about 24 of them up up here in North State. And uh, so if you can hear me and you're not in Yuba or Sutter County, you think, boy, I'd like to work for that guy or I'd like to do maybe some even part-time guard work. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'd like to be trained. They will train you. Plumbing doctor will train you. Thrifty rooter will train you. Elite Universal Security will train you. And uh, they'll even take some part-time people. And so uh, if, you, if you're interested, you can call them at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. And uh, they can also, they can train you in person coming down to where they are in Yuba County, or they can train you actually on online classes as well. Um so give them a shout, and they have a couple websites, EliteUniversalSecurity.com and API-Academy.com. That's your schooling academy, API-Academy.com. Okay, so um, let's see. I wanted to mention there is an event coming up. Uh, we have some time, but I just thought I'd mention it because there's been rally after rally after rally, right? So this rally is at the state capitol in Sacramento. Usually it's on the west side, on the riverside, Sacramento Riverside. It says, Our Children, Our Choice Choice Rally. Our Children, Our Choice Rally, January 3rd, 1 p.m. And um, this is a critical date. This says state legislature will be back in session on January 3rd. 1 p.m., these representatives will soon be making decisions on behalf of our children. Let's peacefully show them how many of us there are. Pull your kids out of school that day and join us at the Capitol. In other words, bring your kids on down. Said no school? That's okay. Bring your whole family to the family-friendly event at the Capitol to rally against mandates. It'll be peaceful. It'll be positive. It will be good. So, um... I was talking about schools, and I kind of cut it off uh, early, uh, but I wanted to mention someone sent this to me. They said they didn't realize it shows a pie chart. You know what a pie chart is? It shows the different colors and then the percentages of how money's spent. And so um, it says how, we, how our property taxes are spent, 61.9% 
2.09% goes to schools. I, it's just sickening to me how much money is being blown on schools, and they're, they're, they're just simply horrible, just simply horrible. I'm going to talk about when we come back here in a minute, uh, maybe I'll start it right now and then just kind of come back and jump back into it. How many crazy things happened that you can't believe? And so we have a, all kinds of people criticize the Rittenhouse uh, decision, right? And so this Georgia mom was outspoken on YouTube or social media about how Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse parents must be horrible parents and they're really to blame uh, kind of this entitlement babe they're really to blame she's black too she's they're really to blame for kyle killing of these uh uh kids well, then this this is unbelievable this lit gal from gwinnett county georgia her son after she's criticizing kyle's parents for being bad parents and that because they're bad parents, then he's over here doing all this bad stuff, right? Her her son ends up stabbing her to death uh, on Thanksgiving. Isn't it amazing? Now I got I got have some more that are just unbelievable than that, having to do with the uh, COVID. And uh, I already mentioned the the Ep- Epstein trial. Got the judge's family shot up, right? Her eighteen year old boy. His name's Varian Alexander Hibbert. Stabbed his mom to death. Unbelievable. It should. This writer says it should come as no surprise that the mainstream media is only reporting on the fact that Chance, uh, her name's Chance, was murdered by her son. That's all they said. We'll be right back, and then we'll uh, we'll pick up our uh, fifth segment, and then sixth segment after that. Okay. Bryant, author of the book, The Franklin Scandal, a story of power brokers, child abuse, and betrayal, has become an expert on the subject of political blackmail and government cover-ups. He has been sounding the alarm that the same legal aberrations that occurred in the Franklin Scandal have happened with Jeffrey Epstein and are happening in the Maxwell case, a cover-up from the highest levels of government. Farmer says she reported the assault to the FBI but she told us it wasn't for another decade, just before Epstein's first arrest in 2006, that an agent finally appeared at her door. Farmer says they never followed up. They still haven't asked to talk to me. They are trying to pretend I do not exist. It was reported to the FBI as early as 1996 that Jeffrey Epstein was trafficking children, and they did nothing. Nothing until 10 years later, when Palm Beach police began an investigation after a 14-year-old girl reported being molested. 
From their investigation, the Department of Justice was handed a list of 32 underage victims, and the cover-up ensued. With victims as young as 11 years old, they called only one witness, and Epstein was not indicted on a single count of child abuse. Instead, they charged him with one count of soliciting adult prostitution. He did just over a year on house arrest, like a VIP. Immunity was granted to all of Epstein's co-conspirators, and his victims were denied any opportunity for justice. Federal prosecutor Alexander Acosta said that he was told that Epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone. This order could have only come from the attorney general or the president. The Miami Herald exposed this all to the public in 2018. Governor DeSantis ordered an investigation and local police were cleared of any malfeasance. Jeffrey Epstein was arrested and suicided in his jail cell. Thousands of sexually suggestive photographs were found cataloged on computer disks. Former victim Maria Farmer described on mainstream television how Epstein was running a pedophile blackmail operation. Epstein told her the whole house was wired with pinhole cameras and took her into the media room where they were monitored. I looked on the cameras and I saw toilet, toilet, bed, bed, toilet, bed. I'm like, I am never gonna use the restroom here and I'm never gonna sleep here. Was there videotape? Oh yeah, it was all video, all the time, yeah. And, and I asked him one time, what do you do with this? And he said, I keep it. I keep everything in my safe. Eventually, Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Unsealed documents from a defamation lawsuit between Maxwell and one of her victims revealed the names of those who had sexually molested the young victim, including Prince Andrew and Alan Dershowitz, who was one of the first to start pushing the idea of mandatory vaccines. That's how blackmail works. The judge for Maxwell's trial, Judge Allison Nathan, has already deemed the details of the Maxwell case too sensationalist and impure for the public, and was just recommended for promotion to the U.S. Court of Appeals by Chuck Schumer. Ghislaine Maxwell has trafficked scores of children for decades, some as young as 11, but is only being charged with one count. Epstein was brought in by Wexner, who had close connections with the mob, and handled by Maxwell, who was raised up by Israeli intelligence. This trial is about the rampant systemic use of pedophilia as a means of blackmail, and exposing it is absolutely paramount if we are to reform society. Nick Bryant has organized Survivors Standing With Survivors, 62 anti-trafficking organizations standing together for justice in the Maxwell trial. Bryant proposes three things to possibly save hundreds of thousands of victims. A Truth and Reconciliation Committee to correct the law, retroactively abolishing the statute of limitations, and enforce the laws in the porn industry, pointing out how Pornhub has been busted 118 times for underage sex and still has a thriving business. No, we're not going to stand for this. Our children cannot be molested with impunity, no matter how powerful or well-connected or wealthy their perpetrators are. They cannot be molested with impunity. Yeah, I think Judith's point of view is very valid, Rich. 
Provided the movement never forgets that it is the inalienable right of every man or woman or woman to rid himself or herself or herself. Agreed. Thank you, brother. Or sister. Or sister. Where was I? I think you finished. Oh, right. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. You can't have babies! Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus gonna just take? You're gonna keep it in a box? Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister. Sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. Just stare in the space, picture my face in your hand. All right. So I wanted to mention I, I'm right in the middle of <clears throat> repairing some things at the house. And um, and so you get the more involved you get with government, having to interact with government, you look at how uh, difficult it is and expensive. Government is very expensive. It's kind of like if you go down and buy something at the store and you, you pick up the thing and look at it and you think, need you look at the price, go, whoa. And then you look at a comparative product and you go oh that's reasonable that's that that's doable right so i had to repair some concrete around here and uh it's probably about a four thousand dollar job that's what the estimated construction cost was and uh so they went to get a permit at the city of marysville and this this looks like something you download off of uh, this permits one page some pretty simple right it's cool uh and you just fill it out yourself and then you take it in and and then they they uh, assess how much money they're going to charge you. So for a $4,000 job, they charge 9% uh, fees, 9% in fees, $85 permit fee, inspection processing fee, $150. I want to just tell you that Marysville is just 3.2 square miles, so you don't have to travel very far to get to anywhere, right? For This is just simply replacing some sidewalk in a little part of my garage, right? Slab. Take it out, take out the bad, put in the good, right? So there's a schematic that they give you from the city that's one page that's just a part of a book that they photocopy that shows you how they want the slope done and all that kind of stuff. So then there's a $65 uh, cut resurfacing fee for the 
then there's a public right-of-way fee, and I didn't touch the gutter. All I did was do the flat part of the sidewalk, right? $60 for that, and then for $360. That's expensive. That's that's 9% on top of, uh, you know, added to the cost of building building this thing. Now, it improved what I did. I didn't change my ha- I changed the garage floor. I took the hole out of it, the collapse collapsing out of it. But the you know how when you go down the street, down the sidewalk, you're walking and the roots lift up the sidewalk? That's what was going on with my place. So, we we eliminated a hazard for pedestrians, right? And it made it look better, but I knew where the I knew where the broken parts were. I wasn't going to trip over them. But I did it for the sake of humanity, and they charged me $360. Now, the guy or the gal that's coming out to inspect that before we pour will be here. My guess is he will be here for 15 minutes. Now, it's going to happen tomorrow, so I'll report back next week. For $360. Now, when you look at the payroll of city and county workers, they're making... Anywhere from 40%, 50%, some psychiatrists at the uh, behavioral health here in Yuba Sutter County, we have a bi-county behavioral health. I looked up the average fee, an average income of a psychiatrist, and, and if you look it up, just Google that or DuckDuckGo it, it'll, it'll give you about $160,000, $170,000, so right? The psychiatrists at behavioral health get almost just, it's about $450,000 a year, behavioral health. The payroll of these county workers is just, it's, it's exorbitant, or city workers. It's just over the top compared to the private sector. And so we end up paying through the noses. We're paying property taxes. We're paying uh, bonds on city levies and county levies, on school bonds. I haven't had a kid in school since for 30 years, and I'm still paying for schools that I have nothing to do with. Oh, it's my civic duty and to teach them how to put a condom on? Okay. $360 is totally a ripoff, absolute ripoff. And uh, so uh, they don't accept any liability of the city. No, they don't provide any insurance. You have to provide that all here. In other words, my fault, even though that sidewalk, I had to pay an encroachment permit for encroaching on the cities, but I didn't, but I thought the site, it's only mine when there's a problem with the city, only mine when there's a problem. So, um, okay. So, Okay, that's some little just short ditty I'm throwing in for free. Uh, I'm going to play a clip here uh, from Brian Artis and Mike Adams. So they're a couple of my favorite guys. Mike Adams runs Natural News. He's very, very smart. He's got all kinds of awards. He's got a beautiful website. He started a, um, a TV operation called Brighteon because everybody got forced off Google and got forced off YouTube and stuff that they didn't agree that COVID was going to kill everybody and we all need to be jabbed. But he teams up in interviews with Brian, Dr. Brian Artis, not artist, but Brian Artis, 
A-R-D-I-S. And I'm going to play that for you right now. They're talking about medical murder and hospital homicide. Okay? So we're going to go to that right now. All right, welcome to Bucktown.tv. We are here in San Antonio. This is Mike Adams, the founder of Brighton. We're joined today by one of our amazing, awesome hosts, Dr. Brian Artis. Dr. Artis, hey, welcome to the show. Mike, it's great to actually meet you today. And great job up on stage here in San Antonio. First time we got to meet in person. Now, uh, both of us are known as very subdued, reserved individuals, but just for this interview, let's pretend like we're outspoken. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so where, how would you pretend that? Where, where would you begin if you were pretending? Hmm. Maybe call out people that are trying to murder, mass murder Americans that are innocent? All right, let's start there. Okay, let's start there. Okay, so uh, how about, let's start with the children. I mean, aren't they murdering the children right now with the, the spike protein shots? What is your real feeling about <laughs> mobile units showing up at grade schools, middle schools, and high schools in America without parents around, and then teachers marching out their classrooms with children? Yeah to sign documents to get shots of COVID-19 that have never been given to children before. It's insane, and I don't mean to make light of this now that we're jumping into the serious topic. No, I want to know. We have done everything in our power to try to stop this murder, okay? We're trying to save children. We're trying to inform parents, but they're going for the children. And what are you already observing in terms of what's happening to some of those kids? And what, what do you think is coming? Yeah, so, so, so far, since October 26th is when they extended the emergency use authorization for children ages 5 to 11. So as far as reports coming back to us yet, we haven't seen a lot of those from the federal health agencies. But we have seen some that are disturbing enough. August 18th, and we went over this on your show, August 18th, 2021. They looked at teenagers who received the Pfizer shot first and second shot. And within seven days, they observed, within seven days of the second shot, heart disease called myocarditis. Five times what they expected in teenage girls for every age range. For, for boys, it was 20 times what they expected to see in the boys because of this increased androgen hormone in boys that's not in the females. Now, There's a direct connection to that. And Mike, they have to know, the world has to know this before we even go any further. The thing that's most disturbing to me is the teenagers that were listed in that CDC report on August 18th, 20% of all of them will be dead in two years of those teenagers that developed myocarditis in seven days of the shots. 50% will be dead in five years for all age groups of individuals. It doesn't matter how old or young, they will be dead in five years, 50% of all of them. Now, large cell myocarditis, though, has an 80% mortality in five years. So what what is the difference between regular myocarditis and large cell myocarditis because I don't I, I don't know what that diagnosis where that line is yeah so the line is drawn actually by looking at the symptomatology that's what they have to look at and then if you're going to take a biopsy of heart muscle tissue uh -huh. which I don't think is a good idea Not for any child or adult that's how you're going to determine is it large cell or just normal myocarditis but myocarditis for all those watching and all parents watching you need to know I like educating people most terms in medicine are in Latin Myo means muscle, carta means heart, itis means inflammation. It directly means inflammation of heart muscle. Do you know what inflammation of heart muscle causes that is the first or second cause of death for all Americans? Heart disease. Okay. So cardiac disease is caused by heart inflammation that we know is caused by the Pfizer shots alone. And this is the only shot they authorized to give to all of our 5 and 11 year old children. And the myocarditis, the inflammation and swelling of heart muscle wall 
goes up in its risk as your ages get younger. That's what we found from the CDC reporting. It wasn't the elderly. It's as you get younger, this threat of myocarditis and heart disease goes up. But there's something that needs to be stated here. This is the first time in history that medicine has seen heart inflammation due to exposure to an injected toxic nanoparticle spike protein, right? So the description of these symptoms is the, the term myocarditis, and thank you for explaining the Latin behind that. But we don't know that the, the death rates are going to be the same as what has been observed in previous medicine. It could actually be worse. This could be a more acute form of vascular damage, and it could be worse, or it, it could be less. But in any case, it's a bad, bad area, but this isn't just children's hearts falling apart. This is the under attack. They are under attack. You know, the FDA document that the FDA put out October 22nd, 2020, when they listed what all side effects they expected from the COVID-19 right. shots, not only was myocarditis on that list, and now, since then, it's actually been put on the fact sheets that the FDA publishes for each of the Pfizer and Moderna shots. It says... Side effects of myocarditis and pericarditis are caused by Pfizer shot and by Moderna. It's on their fact sheets, but it wasn't on the first ones. FDA put out this document October 22nd, 2020, that said myocarditis will be a side effect we expect to be reported. The shots went out in December of 2020. And then fast forward eight months later, after all the shots are being passed out, from their FDA documents to the fact sheets, that's the first time it showed up, was myocarditis as a side effect of these shots. But now, in addition to myocarditis, we have oh, many, many Please go there. We need to go there. Right? That's what I was hoping you were going. Okay. So I want to ask you about neurological side effects. Nah, that's what I want to talk about. Paralysis happening. We have many, many reports of loss of cognitive function. Uh, I know someone who's very close business associate died and was diagnosed with prion, brain-eating prions, right? And we, that shouldn't be happening. So talk to us about the neurological uh, implications of the spike protein nanoparticles. Yes, yeah, this, this is a great topic because this myocarditis thing is something so rare for children and teenagers, but we're seeing it already reported. That should be disturbing enough to go, you know, we should stop these shots. And I want to touch on something because we're going to go to the neurological side. Okay. But they changed the formula for the 5 to 11-year-olds the very next day after they got the extension from the FDA. Did you see this? Yeah. Pfizer actually filed a document with the FDA and said, oh. we're going to take out one oh, ingredient right. and, and put in this it. Tris buffer that has never been in any of the uh, Pfizer BioNTech shots. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a known carcinogen. Right. So we're going to take out an ingredient that we haven't been using in any of the adults so far or teenagers, and now we're going to change it per this extension. So, number one, that invalidates all the clinical trials of the yes. entire thing. You, you can't just take something, not that they even did long-term trials, but you can't take something where the FDA approves it and then say, oh, and I'm just going to swap out ingredients here at the end. Did you see why they said they're going to switch the ingredient? To prevent heart attacks in children. To prevent heart attacks right. in children. That means they already know the current one was doing it. They already know. Right. But, I mean, think about this. You know, if, like, for example, if I produce a food oh my gosh, I that talk is about this certified all the time. organic, and if I change the ingredient, I have to go back for recertification from the organic certifier. That's common sense. How can a drug company change the formulation and say, oh, it's still good? And there's no testing with this new formulation. Not in any age group. Could you imagine if you created a supplement, Mike, that was all organic? 
change the formula or not, but you released this new product and it was reported to the Better Business Bureau that 17,000 people died after buying your product and taking it within 28 days. Could you imagine that you were still allowed to continue selling that product? I mean, how many deaths would it take before they took you off the market? One. One. It would take one. What if I just said, oh, it's rare? What if I said it's rare? It's so rare. There's only one guy who died. No, they wouldn't take that, would they? No. But when thousands die from the vaccines, they can just say, oh, it's rare. You notice they never define rare. Never. And I hate this term, safe and effective. Have you gotten tired of hearing that yet? Yeah, yeah. I think we should sell every organic supplement right now with the claim proven safe and effective. That's what we should do. This omega-3 supplement is safe and effective. And don't say anything else. They're getting away with it nonstop. Okay, so let's go to the neurological stuff, which you mentioned, because this does bother me. The FDA knew that there was going to be side effects of Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is ascending paralysis. It's a polio-like illness. You start getting paralyzed from the legs down, arms, half your faces. They know that was the very first thing they listed as a side effect of the coming shots. In October of 2020, they said this. They also listed transverse myelitis, which is paralyzed from the waist down for life. And then they list demyelinating diseases as a side effect, which is MS. The vaccine gives you better boners. Did they say Uh, that? Yeah, they did. There was a whole ad campaign, better boners, take the vaccine. I'm not sure. I'm not sure blood clot disorders, which we know is caused by the shots, actually increases erectile dysfunction or makes it better. Well, yeah. I mean, how can blood clots help? How does blood clots help improve circulation? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at all. All right, so here's my biggest worry from the FDA document, October 22nd, 2020. Bottom right-hand side of that slide, it mentions multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, abbreviated MIS-C. Do you know what that means? The Mayo Clinic defines it, and this disease never existed until last year. It actually is defined by the Mayo Clinic that there is multiple organs, including the brain of children, that will become so severely inflamed that the complication is lethal. They say the brain, heart, kidneys, liver, spleen, bowels, your skin, and your eyes in a child, not in adults, in children, will become so severe some of them will die. You think you should push this on any 5 to 11-year-old children when you know the spike proteins from the virus alone and the shedding of the parents who received the vaccines have already ended up with over 4,000 of these children diagnosed in America since December of 2020, and 40 have already died. And now you're going to inject 50 billion spike proteins into adults and teenagers, and then half of that into children. Dr. Artis, what are they going to say? Tell me how you really feel, Mike Adams. When the children (laughs) are filling the emergency rooms and when, when children are dying... At, at a statistically significant excess deaths number, what are they going to say? What, what's going to be their cover story for this? I don't know. I, I, what I'm really hoping, and I, it's very sad, why is it going to take children dying before parents become concerned? When are we going to have this revolt and upset ever? When's it going to come? It didn't come with the elderly with remdesivir poisoning in hospitals. It hasn't come from those doctors or administrators. That hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened at all with the teenagers experiencing heart disease when that's not common. So now, what's it going to take? Is it going to take children? I cannot sit back and be okay for a minute that children can be put at that risk. Uh, Dr. Artis, um, thank you for your contributions. Thank you for being part of Brighton.tv. Thank you for all that you're doing, and we pray for you, and we hope that your message is shared across America to save lives and save children. Trust in God and what he created over what anything that man's created. That's my message. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that a clip. Those are some of the two smarter guys I know. You can check out uh, Dr. Brian Artis at uh, 
the uh, the website is the t h e d r artists a r d i s show dot com, and they not only have lots of uh, information about COVID and health and treating yourself with prophylactics, uh, as well as uh, you can buy products right off off the line there. And I I have a lot of confidence in a lot of these doctors pushing products like Dr. Stella uh, and Frontline Doctors. They are quality quality products as opposed to when you buy stuff on the internet, you're not sure exactly what you're getting after you till after you get it and read the label and look at things. Uh so uh you can trust Brian Brian Artis. He's also lost a uh, his father-in-law died at the early days of COVID because the hospital murdered him uh using remdesivir, which was the prescription uh of Tony Fauci. And Tony Fauci's the one who's prohibited, forbidden use of hydroxychloroquine and uh, ivermectin and budesonide and all these things made it very difficult. So lots of people have died, folks. It's very sad, but that's just what's going on. We're going to take a break right now. Again, one more break, and then we've got our last 20 minutes. Be right back. We were born before the wind Also younger than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic You did tell me a story about um, the vaccine passports in L.A. You actually said that Los Angeles is worse than New York, and that's hard to imagine. So get this. This is absolutely true. My my producer, Michael, who's over there, he goes yesterday. He were coming to do the Candace show in Nashville. He's like, I'm going to get a new shirt. So he goes to Bloomingdale's. They make him put the mask on to go in. He shops around for about 20 minutes. And then when he goes to the register to pay, they demanded to see the vaccine passport. And then, and he said, he said out of principle, I, I refuse to tell you my medical history. It's none of your business. And they would not let him buy the shirt. So he left. So think about it. They let him shop for 20 minutes and then they check your passport at the end. This has nothing to do with COVID. There is a mind virus that is far worse than the virus known as COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the virus is known as tyranny. It's known as communism and we have to fight it every single chance that we get. We have oftentimes told you that being a real whistleblower can be dangerous, not like the fake Facebook whistleblower, but real ones. Nurses blowing the whistle on what they're seeing in their hospitals with murder for money schemes. People blowing the whistle from inside of biotech companies talking about these bioweapons being falsely referred to as a vaccine. All of this can be very dangerous. You can be canceled, deplatformed, or even outcast from social groups. But Deanna Lorraine is here to tell us right now about how actually dangerous being a real whistleblower can be. Deanna, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks, Stu. This is a really important message for all whistleblowers and everybody, doctors out there, nurses that are blowing the whistle. Uh, a Dr. Andreas Nowak from Germany. You may have seen his videos. He's been an active whistleblower against the the lockdowns, against the vaccine since COVID first started. And what happened actually in November of 2020 last year was he was doing a live stream talking about the dangers of the vaccines and the lockdowns. And he actually got raided by the German police. He was raided while his his live stream was going on. He was raided. He was arrested. He got his home raided and everything. 
Now, just last week, he released a very important video on graphene oxide being in the vaccine. You've talked about this plenty on your show, along with Jane Ruby and others. And the video went viral. It was huge. And it was talking about how graphene oxide is absolutely in all the vaccines and it's very dangerous. And they act like little knives in your bloodstream, cutting your blood vessels, etc. So the video blew up. That was on November 23rd last week. This past weekend on November 27th, his wife, his pregnant wife announced in a video that he had been brutally attacked and he has been killed. I'm not joking. This has been just one week later, less than a week after releasing this viral video about graphene oxide being in the vaccines and breaking it down step by step. This doctor, this whistleblower, Dr. Andreas Nowak is now allegedly dead. Do you know any of, the, any of the details about where he was attacked or how or who did Apparently it? Apparently it was in his own home. This woman, his partner, is releasing details in, uh, you know, it's in German, so it needs to be translated. But there's a couple videos out there. You can find it on COVID Red Pills, on Twitter, on Telegram. Um, and I'm going to be following the story so I can get you more details as they unfold. I don't know exactly the uh, specifics of the attack, but I really want to know, obviously. But he is dead, and his whistleblower uh, wife uh, has been survived, and she said, look, this is, he might be dead um, way too early, but the message needs to live on, that he died because he was announcing to the world the dangers of this vaccine and how there's graphene oxide in it. And Stu, you've been talking about that. Dr. Jane Ruby has been talking about that. Who's next on the hit list? And how can we protect ourselves? Because they aren't going away anytime soon. And the vaccine crusade keeps pushing on and on and on, especially with this ridiculous Omicron variant now. So their hit list is going to continue to grow. Remember last year, Brandy Vaughn, who was in a very outspoken van, uh, uh, anti-vox vaxxer as well, talking about the dangers of the vaccine. She was mysteriously killed. There are so many people who are now killed under mysterious circumstances because they've been outspoken about the vaccine. It's insane. Well, I wouldn't be surprised dangerous. if I'm on some short list somewhere. And that's fine. Sure because you are. What, what are they going to do? Send me to heaven? Oh, darn. You know, I mean, I know where I'm going, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, not, not that I want to prematurely leave my kids here in the natural. But if that's what happens, that's what happens. I'm not going to cry about it. If they think that killing a doctor whistleblower is going to shut me down or silence me, it absolutely will not because I put on the armor of God every single day. And I hope that whistleblowers that are thinking about coming forward will not be hesitant to do it and actually will speak out even louder now as a result of this. Let's put it right in their face. Deanna Lorraine, thank you so much for being here. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know? All right, thank you. Uh, I want to mention uh, a follow-up on uh, a couple, a young couple. They have four children. They're in their 20s, uh, Logan and uh, Cassandra or Cassie Metz and uh, M-E-T-Z. And so they came to me in an odd way. I don't have time to do the whole story because I want to talk about other things, but they ended up being referred to me as a guy that might be able to give them some guidance. I'm not an attorney. I'm not anything in particular. Uh, but they came to me and they said, hey, we, were, we had our children taken uh, three children of the four they have a little new baby but you know as a young couple they've had some tough goes they're um had kind of a rough background both of them 
But uh, without getting into all the story, which is none of everybody's business, really, they had their children taken. I've I've had many people I know have had their children in trouble. They've been in trouble with CPS, and then they eventually got their kids back, whether it's from drug abuse or whatever. This isn't involving drug abuse. So anyway, uh, they came to me saying, Lou, uh, we we have these attorneys appointed for us. We don't think they're helping us much. And uh, we have all kinds of good references from the classes they asked us to take. We're following all the rules. We're doing all the stuff. We want to raise our kids. We had some problems as a couple together. Many of you out there have had problems together as a married couple. They've had some problems. They're getting help for that. They're making progress. So as a community, uh, just like when we send people to prison or to jail because they commit crimes, when they do their time, then we uh, say, we, you know, our obligation as a community is to welcome them back in the community, try to help them get on their feet. So this couple uh, asked for some help, and uh, they said, Lou, the, the court or the court system or the government county told us in Sutter County that we could not have a GoFundMe page trying to raise money for legal fees because we didn't ha- they didn't have confidence in the public defenders that were given to them. And I have personal experience with public defenders not working very hard, being overtaxed and not working very hard for anybody. And they're really working as a team with the prosecutor and the judge and probation. And you don't get an independent attorney fighting for your case. So they wanted to hire somebody, but they don't, they don't have any money. And so uh, they started a GoFundMe page, and the county told them to take it down. Now, I, I, I would, I'm just going to say that the way they said it to me. If you want to go and sort it out that it's not accurate, you sort it out. But that's a very unusual thing. I thought, oh, you can't go out and raise money to, you know, a rich person could come in here and they'll just pay somebody to come in for them. In fact, I've even sent attorneys in for people that were out of the country to defend them. And uh, the court just accepted the attorney for them. So they started and I they said, Lou, what are we going to do for money? And I said, I don't have an idea for you, but. I then I said, why don't you do this? And I said, I would start a GoFundMe page. They said, what? They, I said, yeah, you told me the latest thing is that the CPS wants to take all their kids away, all four kids. Unbelievable, right? And, uh, you know, so I said, if they were my kids I and I was short on money, I'd go out and raise the money. And so... One way to ask for money is to ask for people for money. You dial them up, you ask them, you email, you ask them, you text them, you ask them. Another way is GoFundMe. So they started a GoFundMe page called Legally Kidnapped. And Cassie, it's put out by Cassie Metz. It said, help us get our children out of the system. Anyway, if you want to help her and Logan, her husband, um, you can give them a shout out on GoFundMe. And if you can't find the link, just text me and I'll, I'll forward, you, forward it to you over um, legally kidnapped it's called GoFundMe and see, my feeling is hey uh, they they deserve their day in court but they deserve good representation right would you ever want to go if you ever have to go to court do you want good representation I do and I've been in court a number of times for various things and uh, it's always comforting to know that somebody that understands how the court system works is very complicated and it's been it's been created. It didn't have to be complicated. It didn't have to be uh, so screwed up that 
that the general public can't go in and def- defend themselves or speak for themselves. They made it really complicated to make a great occupation for what they call attorneys. And they aren't really working for you. I don't have time to get into it, but it's a it's a major ripoff. It's made it's been made complicated for a reason. So you, so you don't have the time to figure it out and you just have to pay out a lot of money. So that's a couple I'm trying to help. And uh, so I wanted to talk briefly, since we're finishing up here, about um, some of the oddities that happen. And uh, right before COVID started, uh, the the inventor of the PCR test uh, died. And you think, oh, well, that's just a coincidence. Maybe. Maybe it is a coincidence, right? Maybe it is. Uh, but he, he died. And uh, let me see. I'm just trying to get down to here. There's something I'm, I'm on the wrong page. Hold on just a second, baby. Okay. So Carrie Mullis, who was considered the, the science invention of the 20th century. Is that, a, is that an incredible statement? Carrie Mullis got the Nobel Prize for science on his discovery of the PCR test being able to quickly replicate DNA. But unfortunately, even though he said before he died, and you can see it on YouTube or or, or, uh, Rumble or BitChute, you can see him saying in a meeting of some kind, the PCR test could be designed or, or ran, if you run it incorrectly, to say anything. They could find anything in your body. And that's exactly what the criminals have done. The big fraud, COVID fraud criminals have done to make everybody look like they've got COVID by everybody taking the PCR test, right? So it's interesting that that uh, he died just months before COVID started. Do you think he would have stood up against using his own PCR test? He, he certainly would have, just like Dr. Robert Malone, who created the mRNA science, is standing up against, uh, he says, what's going on is evil in this country. Tony Fauci and these people are evil in this country. They're killing people. They're murdering people. How ma- Let me ask you this. If you were going to fly to, on an airplane, what kind of odds do you want that you're going to get there? Half the time? Three quarters of the time? Nine times out of ten? Or do you want better than nine times out of ten? At the amount I fly, I want better than nine times out of ten, right? How many millions or hundreds of thousands of people need to die or get paralyzed or have blood clots neurological problems, heart attacks from these these uh, injections before you're going to... Uh, I just got texted right now as I'm on the show from Vietnam, and a guy just died from the COVID injection. That's three, uh, four, actually. Two I know personally in their 20s died from cancer caused by the COVID injection. So there's all kinds of people dying, right? Carrie Mullis died. And you think, oh, Lou, he's an old guy, man, he's 74, and da-da-da, you know, everybody's got to die sometime. How come everybody is willing to discount how people are dying now that have taken the jab, maybe? 
But then, we, but then if they got the COVID uh, test or, or they checked the body that was uh, run over or he overdosed or was shot or got hit by a car uh, and that person have had, they found COVID on board by the faulty PCR test, then they call it a COVID death, right? All these people, COVID deaths. We eliminated heart disease last year. We eliminated cancer, a lot of cancer. We eliminated... A lot of flu last year, hardly any flu last year, all COVID. So we don't, Kerry Mullis, they say, died of pneumonia. He was 74. So if you're like in your 30s, you think, oh, man, I don't even think I want to live at 74. I'm telling you, when you get there, it's pretty not bad. It's it's good living, dude. And so if you think, oh, you're in really bad shape at 74, people nowadays are living, I've seen people run, triathlons in the 80s so the question is article said did german chemist dr andreas or andreas nowak die after a direct energy weapon attack now you i'm not going to spend time on this because i i have a uh a clip on it that uh that is going to play that you just heard, actually, a clip you just heard. So it's still out. We don't know how he died, but there's a description. There's a long description of his partner in life who's having his baby. But doctor uh, of how he died, and it's very strange. She thinks it was a direct energy weapon attack. Do you remember the AT&T building? Was it in Atlanta that got hit and and destroyed all these records? That was a direct energy attack, right? So they don't have to use bullets or bombs. They could use electrical energy to smoke things, dissolve things. So uh, anyway, Dr. Andreas Nowak had just completed a whistleblowing video and sent it out over the Internet about graphene hydroxide or graphene, we, we say graphene oxide. And the fact that the graphene oxide is being put in these shots are giving, and that graphene oxide causes all kinds of inflammation and actually scratches or cuts in a minute way the inside of your arteries and vessels. And he's he's who is blowing the whistle uh, on these graphene, what he calls razor blades, found in the COVID vaccines. The razor blades are in quotes because they're not literal razor blades, but in a tiny molecular impact, that's what they're doing. So anyway, I'll leave that with you. Uh, But he died. And uh, and then there's an anti-vaxxer that I began to hear about at the beginning of COVID by the name of Brandy Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N, Brandy Vaughn. And she lived in Santa Barbara, and she was, I think, in her 40s. You can read about her. There's, She felt she was going to be killed. She had worked for Merck. Merck is the, the pharmaceutical company that just supposedly came up with this COVID cure pill. And Merck is a big pharmaceutical company, and she worked for them until she realized 
they weren't honest and they weren't a company of integrity. And she left and began to expose the corruption in big pharma. And she had had people tracking her, tracing her, tapping her phone, doing all kinds of things. She had told her friends she had a small boy, Brandy Vaughn, and she had told her friends, you know, she'd even worked out godparents in case anything happened. She felt something was going to happen to her, and sure enough, she ended up dead. Now, can 40-some-year-old women die? Yep, they can. She looked pretty sharp. She was in great shape. Can people in great shape die? Yep. There was a runner, Jim Kick, unusual name for a runner, right? Jim Kick. And uh, so he died running, and he wasn't that old. But she died in Santa Barbara, and uh, she was an outspoken critic of the pharmaceutical companies. uh, And she created an organization, nonprofit, called Learn the Risk. Uh, formerly named Council for Vaccine Council of Vaccine Sa- Safety. Forty-five-year-old left a nine-year-old boy, so she died. Interesting, huh? Just maybe, just the you know, so many people have died uh, at just the proper times. Who was that guy? Seth was it? Seth Rich? Seth something? He was a Democrat operative. You know, he worked in the Democrat deal, and he was murdered by gang members. Supposedly, he and his friend, but he had uh, leaked out a bunch of emails to the Republicans, and uh, they were compromising emails, and uh, they shot him. And so it looked like the Democrat Party went out and hired some gang members and just put a hit out on Seth, and nobody ever investigated or did anything about it. So... Let's see, I want to double check here and make sure. I, I did mention the uh, this dinner, and I did tell you the right time and date. It's December 15th. That's a Wednesday. So, uh, so I did that correctly. I thought maybe I did it wrong. So just one more time, if you want to go to the dinner at the uh, to hear Joe Hendricks speak, $25.00. Call Liz Cervantes at 530-632-6195. And the, the uh, Republican Central Committee in Yuba County is moving their meetings to the third Tuesday. And what I got confused on, and I'll have to correct it on my radio show, is when this this December meeting is. It may be in a special time because, because but they're going to do a little potluck. But it's it's an, what, I, what I'm kind of encourage you to do is get involved. Uh and do something to change the way things are going. So th- this is out of Scotland. And sometimes when you go out of the United States, I used to travel a lot before COVID, and you can learn a lot about the United States from perspectives outside the United States where things aren't being hidden like they are in the United States because the media is essentially owned by China here. And and the if you hear hear all these sports personalities talking about U.S. government, how wrong we are, they're owned by China, right? LeBron James, he own he's owned by China. He's just a, a human bobblehead that's owned by China, right? And Enos, 
Oh, what's his last name? The Turkish player from the Boston Celtics. Enos Cantor, C-A-N-T-E-R, who just got his citizenship and just hosed down all these players. He said, you have, you know, in other words, they're sellouts to China. All they are is about money. They don't care whether people are murdered for their organs. They don't care whether they're murdered in prison. They All they care about is their shoe royalties. So uh, anyway, in Scotland, there's, there's a public health report that fully vaccinated, the fully vaccinated account for nine of every 10 COVID deaths over the past four months. I want you to hold that thought. COVID deaths from all sources, even counting the fake ones, that nine of 10 of every COVID deaths COVID-19 deaths over the past four months are fully vaccinated people. And what are you hearing? Oh, yeah, you guys are not, you guys are, you know, spreading the disease. You guys are disease spreaders. You know, you're dirty, right? It's just the opposite. He said, if someone had come to you in 2019, that in the near future, the mainstream headlines will be dominated for days on end with the news of the UK government holding a Christmas party, then you would most likely thought they were rather odd. But here we are. Why do you think the news is talking about a Christmas party in Europe that hardly even believes in Christmas? Because they don't want to talk about COVID vaccines creating COVID disease and causing people's immune system to collapse. That's how that works. It's all of, it's all trying to distract you. Constantly distract, 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 distract. That's what that's all about. This is all this and the statistics are coming directly from Public Health Scotland. That's PHS, Public Health Scotland. They put out a weekly report containing stats on COVID-19 hospitalizations, and deaths by vaccination status, the latest of which was published on Wednesday, December 8th. Now, in this country, they're, they're not wanting to call anything a vaccinated cause death. Why is that? Because it will scare you to death, because you won't take it. And at the beginning of the show, we had a black man talking about why blacks don't trust American medicine. Because they've constantly screwed them over, lied to them, deceived them, and killed them, made them really sick. And so one thing, COVID has brought up a lot of positives. It's exposed a corrupt public school system. It's, cor- it's exposed a corrupt banking system. It's exposed a government that's tyrannical. It's exposed medicine, modern medicine, that, that has had huge breakthroughs. But they prefer profits over patients, and that's just the way it is. We're done for this week. We'll be, at, we'll be back here next Saturday. Lord willing, you do something good out there this week. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are,
Sweetheart of Miss, sugar to kiss, sugar to kiss. 